to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Go ahead and pop in your DVD or blurry, press play, press pause when the Universal logo beeps its way to black at the, or, you know, at the end of the logo. At the end of the logo, press pause, and in a second I'll say 3, 2, 1, and pause at this point. I'll press play, you'll press play, and we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It will be like any other commentary, except of course this time it will have gimmicky graphic overlays and very and a lot of wit and pop music. Anyway, at the table this week is myself as always, T. Christie, my friend Brian William Fedder. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Or press start, because it's a video <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah. And ah. Shred the Amazing Stokes. It's it's left, 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 up, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Get over here. Oh, say hi, Trey. Hi. And we also hi. have a, a one-off cameo. We're going to have Eddie the Eddie Doty do an intro, even though he's not technically here. I'm just passing through. <laughs> I'm like, I love you guys. I love your podcast. Fuck you. Scott Pilgrim. Special bonus character. Exactly. Yeah. I, I was not looking Unlocked. forward to this commentary because I'm going to get the shit kicked out of me for the whole thing. I just I, I saw Scott Pilgrim and it, I, I really didn't like it. I, I didn't quite get it. I, I'm not the guy that would like this movie. I'm not a video gamey person. I, and I I really kind of despise everyone that's in the movie. Not the actors, but the characters. Minus uh, Knives is fine. Uh, Ramona Flowers is next to fine. The only person in the movie that I like is Wallace. And everyone else I just want to kill. <laughs> And, and and then I watched it again last night to brush up on it, and I I thought I would like it more. Like no, okay, that's what it was. Now I know what to expect, and I I, I liked it less. I just really disliked this movie. Uh, it, <laughs> but you're not alone. I, it I it just annoys the shit. Out I don't of me. dislike <laughs> it, but I'm not. It's not my fave. Anyway, okay, cool. Because I thought it was going to be like a total love fest, and me just being like, I didn't like it. I didn't like Scott Pilgrim. No, I'm, okay. <laughs> Bad I get, nerd. I get anyway. your back. Scott Pilgrim is, um. One of those things where we talk about you don't have to like a perfect movie to know it's a perfect movie. And this isn't a perfect movie. But I don't have to like Scott Pilgrim to get that Edgar Wright is really kicking ass in this movie. He is completely the guy for this. And I'm so happy that he got this and he has this in, in his, you know, in his back order. Even though it didn't really do much credit in Hollywood, it's good to know that Edgar Wright can really kind of just do anything. It's good to know that next time he wants to do a thing between Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and this, it's like, and Paul. Didn't he direct Paul? No, no he no. produced it. But he produced, the, guy, the guy who directed but, it. But Space. Bad. You can put Space, space. on And Space. It's just like, Edgar Wright can do it. And I'm looking forward to whatever he comes up with next. I, I, Scott I, Pilgrim made me want to kill I'll myself. jump in. I'll say Edgar Wright is the equivalent in my head of Pixar. Really? It's like, it's like you know, I, I, even if I didn't like the, the end result, it's like, well, he's still – it's still Edgar Wright. And I still like – you know, I like what he did. I just didn't like the choice of the project this time. Right, right, right. Anyway, yeah, Brian it's – like, it's, it's the cars of Edgar Wright's uh, portfolio so far. How are you on Scott Pilgrim? I'm kind of of two minds about it, and I think this movie has two very distinct identities or lives in two worlds. And uh, I I find it fun enough, moderately fun, and you know, I can enjoy watching the bits and pieces of it. But overall, as a movie... It's too much. It's... It's a sugar-coated it's, movie. It, it is a very sugar-coated movie, and uh, it I don't want to... I don't want that to imply that there's no depth to this because there are way more sugary movies out there these days that have absolutely no depth, and this movie does have some depth. My my issue with it, and I'm sure we'll get into it, is that I don't understand how the fantasy world that we see, the sugar that we see, connects the, to the real world. The metaphor world at all. is unclear the entire time. The entire time. This thing actually has it an odd relationship with Sucker Punch. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. It's, it's the sucker punch of its day. There's, there's metaphors built <laughs> it's on the meta- sucker punch of 2010. Yeah. yeah, okay. There's metaphors built on metaphors, and the movie's leveling up through them. And ultimately, you're not exactly sure why that was the world in the first place. It's never explained to you. And you right. Just, you have to either take it or not take it. You, you don't understand how this fantasy, how this metaphor, however you want to categorize it, hooks into actual real world behavior and presumably some kind of reality. And I'm sure we'll get into it. But that's. I, I couldn't really hook into the emotional story of what was going on because of that, because I didn't know the 
the starting point to start from. This is so weird. I thought everyone I knew loved this movie. This is exciting. Dorkman, everyone on the internet does. Yeah, Um, Yeah, we're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're so uncool. We didn't get it, so we're uncool. Yeah, this is another one where I. I don't think there is a delineation, by the way, between there, a, but there that's, is no that's a problem. There is no real world or fantasy world. This is yeah, just it, the world that they the live world. in. It's we're magical. watching. We're watching a movie. Yeah, exactly. It's like we're watching a movie where they live in a video game. They're not imagining. Some people were like, "Oh, he's imagining it like Chicago." I'm like, "No, no, that's just how this world works." Well, I, I was listening to the commentary today with uh, Edgar Wright and Bill Pope on it, and he he forwards that theory as one of the possibilities that you know everything after a certain point in the movie is all. Like a dream on I, Michael Sarah's character. And it's like, well, okay, I think it, but it's not Fight Club. I think it makes I think it makes more sense if it's just like that's just the world. That's just the magic bean that we have to. This accept is a movie from this. the universe of Scott Pilgrim's world. Yeah, yeah. It's not Scott Pilgrim imagining it because he thinks video games are cooler. It's just they live in a video game, and this is you know this is what happens between levels. We're seeing what's going on in their life <laughs> yeah. between the the you know when when that's the a cute that's a cute in. that's cute that's like hanging out with Mario right before yeah exactly yeah before yeah. he goes on before hey, he goes yeah. on stage. if if the if the Mario Brothers movie had the scenes where he's like stomping Goombas and stuff like that and then interspersed with you coffee. know he goes out for drinks yeah. and just they hang <laughs> has out. a coffee break yeah exactly um, but in high school does his tag. Yeah. You know. But uh, I'm actually I'm actually with you in that I don't really like any of the characters. <laughs> um, I don't have a desire to see Scott get with uh, Ramona because what's cool about her and what's cool about him and why should yeah. I care? And, and, what, and, and more importantly, what's cool about the both of them together? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I um, I think Michael Sarah is totally wrong for the character of Scott Pilgrim. I read like two or three issues of it and and i see what they're trying to do in the thing i'm like okay i see the words that he's saying but he's not he's playing it as michael Sarah trying to be like cool and confident and it doesn't, it doesn't work. work yeah um and uh yeah it's just i mean there's there's cool stuff i mean i i grew up with video games and stuff like that so i'm totally like down with all the references and stuff like that and it's it was very fun to see all of that on the screen and i was like all right an 8-bit world that's cool to yeah. to watch and it's a pixelated it's, sword yeah it's yeah. cool to see it and then you know it's it's also very manga the way everything's kind of laid out and very very much in tune with the books it's another mm-hmm. thing where it's like the book on the screen and you can see that and that's cool but at the same time it's like i that's very cool and i couldn't care less yeah like this, maybe maybe yeah. if i pulled in outliers and spent ten thousand hours <laughs> practicing Caring less, yeah. I could find a way to care less <laughs> about this. But as it is, no, it's it's just like I saw it and I'm like, that was fun, but so what? Yeah, you know. I, I and, usually... But but and everyone's like, it was so awesome, it's my favorite movie of all time. I'm like, I don't even feel like <laughs> yeah. this is a movie. I, I'm actually I'm actually with you, Teague, on like I was because I watched this just like this past week is the first time I watched it, and my roommate whose copy I I watched, you know, afterwards like, what do you think? What, what, was it awesome? <laughs> oh god! And I was like, you know, if you didn't, if it wasn't the most awesome thing you've ever seen, then you should move out. Yeah. They're like, okay. <laughs> so I was uh, I was concerned about this commentary about me basically right. being the same. Like, oh, I'm just a fuddy old. Yeah. I'm just. I'm the <laughs> but curmudgeonly grandpa. But again, I'll also agree that Which, I, as we know, is Trey's role. That I that yeah. I watch it and I'm like, Edgar Wright totally made this movie on purpose, and I can't fault him for it. It's yeah. not like he, you know, it's just he made the movie he wanted to make and he made it perfectly. He he nailed everything he was trying to do, and it just didn't connect with me for whatever reason. Yeah, I usually level this uh, accusation on the movie Wanted, but it, it mm. applies slightly lesser. I, but it applies to this. Yeah. Uh, this is. By way of attitude, like cracked.com the movie. <laughs> 
I, now, okay. I, that's really the case with Wanted. I'm not sure I would mind that. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, here it is. Anyway, yeah. Trey, how do you feel about, uh, I was going to say Sucker Punch, Scott I, well, Pilgrim? Wow, yeah, well, I feel the same way. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was kind of like, uh, actually, the, uh, the, the best... Uh, the Sucker best, Punch versus the world. Yeah. The best it, it lost, by the way. <laughs> actually, yeah. The best analysis, I, it lost a wimpy kid, which, yeah. uh, poor guy. Which is Michael Sarah. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, it's not, but uh, he is a wimpy kid. No, I know. I was, um, just, I was calling him out wimpy kid. I, well, the, the, He's the, never going to hear this. You guys know, you guys know the story, uh, because I, I told it in the forum, if you recall, uh, how I came to... How I experienced uh, Scott Pilgrim in the worst possible way. Um, and I'll tell that story on the on the way. Well, once we get started at some point, but it's in the forums. But who reads those? Um, but it, yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny that I'm sitting here on a table or around a table with a bunch of twenty somethings who I thought all would go. It was the most awesome movie ever. And you know, sensory overload and fast cutting. And I blah. did like that part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like oh, there was the graphics and things are flying across the screen and it was fantastic. Um, because I was like, okay, yeah, it's uh, it, it was one of the, it's a movie where I go, okay, I see what they're doing, and they did it. Yeah. And by golly, they did the hell out of it, uh, and uh, you know, and and there are parts of it. There, there's wit, and there's humor, and there's great moments, and there's amazing visuals, and uh, you know, it's it's fun. Um, in the end, it was it was kind of like okay, so that happened, yeah. and and I think the other the other issue um, is that possibly because this was a very uh, effects-heavy movie and took a while in post-production, is by the time this movie came out, we were all a little Michael Sarah'd out, I think. It's kind of like, here's Michael Sarah doing the Michael Sarah thing that he's done in every movie he's ever made. But with effects. But with effects. And it's kind of like, I'm... I'm, I'm so happy so... that Jesse Eisenberg is coming ahead as the serious Michael Sarah. You know, I think, well, we need to see what... We need to see Jesse where... Eisenberg would have been right for Scott Pilgrim, I we, think. Yeah. I think he could have been. Uh, well, he would have been better. We kind of have to see what Jesse Eisenberg does next. next. Because, yeah. Because he, he's it, done Twitchy, he's done Little Woody he's done and he's done dick yeah but that's all still within a little a little range yeah. of the i saw education with Charlie i haven't Banks. seen I it. i've got one. it to watch but i haven't seen it i haven't seen it but at any rate i i it's it's a movie where i go well you know edgar wright you didn't make this one for me yeah. uh you made it for the people who obviously love it and there are people who love it um but you didn't make this one for me that doesn't mean you suck uh you're obviously just as talented as you ever were and i'm gonna watch your next movie as well mr wright Anyway, we also have uh, Eddie, the Eddie Doty here with Baby the Baby Doty. Who chose now to start fussing. Anyway, um, but yeah. I wanted Eddie to give his, his thoughts on this because... <laughs> I get it, buddy. I get it. No, um, there we go. So, no, I, uh, well, yeah, it's, it, I was dropping the Blu-ray off and uh, Teague asked me to Aww. give a little... Mm, Teague asked me to give a little intro. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You hate this movie, buddy, don't you? Yes, you do. You hate it so hard, you haven't even seen he's it. Do- he's doing his intro. He's doing his what intro. He's doing. So, in any event... Uh, he's like, listen, here's, here's my here's story. I, and, yes, uh, quote, I am the comic book guy for my sins, I guess. Uh, I never got into this book. I, I kind of hated this book. And <laughs> I, I had several attempts over the years to try to read it, dating back to 2004 when the first one came out. And this one is manga digest style, meaning that instead of 30 pages every month, you get 150 pages every year in one collection, and then that's it. Which, by the way, that's going to be the future of comic books. That's a different discussion. <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting. Like, I, I tried to get into it. Not so much. Um, good job, Bo. Anyway, uh, he's, he's, he's playing a defensive screen on my baby. So, um, but, uh, no, he, uh, um, I... Not, never got into the book, but I realized like it could make for a good movie, and I was very curious. And when I heard Edgar Wright was going to do it, I thought, this might be cool. I really like the movie. Flaws. It's certainly got flaws. I like the movie not so much for the fast cutting and the video game references, which I'm all about. I, for whatever reason, the three characters, the three main characters work for me. Uh, that isn't to say I don't think Scott Pilgrim, as portrayed in the movie, is a total douchebag, because he is. But... 
the, it's a feedback loop of douchebaggery the, <laughs> with all the characters. And, and what I mean is Scott's a total douche to, to Knives. Ramona, initially at least, is kind of a douche to, uh, to Scott. In turn, Gideon is a douche to her. And it's just about the way that we place ourselves in the mid- middle of these victimization sandwiches in our early 20s. And uh, I identify with that. I certainly, at 21 years old, when I was kind of, you know, trying to find my way and you know, before I met my wife, like, I certainly felt victimized by a woman and I certainly did not treat a woman right. And I think if we, a lot of us look introspectively, we can find maybe some similar situations. Well, maybe, maybe that's the problem with, with us in, in our 20s being like, fuck, I just got away from these people. Right, right. You know? Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair maybe, enough. maybe with a little more distance, we'd be able to appreciate it a little that more. That was a big part of my reaction because I was like, I hate all of you guys. I, right. I know you right. and I hate you all. Right. And for me, it's like to me the the best thing I can say about Scott Pilgrim is that he starts off as a douchebag and he becomes a slightly less insufferable douchebag. And that is part of the point of the. That's an arc. Him. That is also Luke Skywalker's arc. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, in a lot of ways, and I just I I like it. But Luke is saving the universe. What is Scott doing? (laughs) Fighting the world. Fighting the world. That's the thing. And I, you know, I fighting the world for no reason. Just walk away, man. As far as like where the video game thing falls down. Scott Pilgrim never heard beat it. Like, let's keep in mind, like it's not just from Scott Pilgrim perspective it's not just like in his head that he's having these video game fights ramona steps through space portals that come out of scott pilgrim's mind that's why she's a delivery person for amazon like they make that explicitly clear in the comic book and sort of clear in the movie Wait, say that again she steps through portals through his mind that's why he sees her in his dreams because that's his, why he becomes obsessed with her in his, his mind is like a is like a portal. so is she magic or is he magic there are, every, the world is magic the world is fucking magic. magic it's a it's a wonderland it's a it's a total wonderland so this that's is why. so we should be diffing this as if it's like harry potter or something yes yes exactly okay and, well even more so because everyone knows right. about this wonderland here right exactly so it's so i mean for me i like the movie um i like the characters flaws and all and certainly when it comes to edgar wright's Library. I. I mean, I'd rather watch Spaced or Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead before this, certainly. But I. I don't. I, I think I like it better than than the rest of y'all, and that's not because I like the book. I hated the book, <laughs> but for whatever reason, it, the, the strange alchemy he worked kind of worked for me in many of the same ways that Sucker Punch worked for you, T. Nah, we'll get into that so. one day. <laughs> I'm going to defend myself on the internet once, but and with that, we'll I'm going to go put this guy to sleep. So thank you, everybody. Bye, baby, the baby doty. Bye, Bye, baby. baby. Bye. <laughs> anyway, so you're at the point where you the don't universal... get a name beside baby until you yeah. can pronounce one. That's right. <laughs> He's going to choose his own when he yeah. gets. It you're at enough. the point where the universal logo has zoomed in and is now all gray and in the E. As I am here, three, two, one, unpause, and we're in. The logo was awesome. The logo, logo is yeah. yeah. I, I saw it and I was like, I see what's happening and I love it so far. Yeah. <laughs> Good start. Yeah. Okay. So we do have to. T- so this is the universe of magic. Mm-hmm. So, well, I don't even know what to say then. Well, If it's allowed to do anything, I can't... I think the Harry Potter analogy is apt, except that Harry Potter spends an entire movie explaining the rules of the world of magic, and this one just jumps right in. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, was, that was my first problem with the movie, leaving it in the first place, which was that I don't understand the metaphor. If right. it's not a metaphor, then I just don't understand it. Well, this it. one... Well, it's, or it's if, just... If, it's a, if you want to go elsewise, say Magic Bean. I don't understand what the rules of the Magic right. Bean are, and that's never explained. I don't know. It's just, It's like... I think I think the problem is that that it was it's directed towards oh dear <laughs> Tesla yeah Tesla um, is eating the baby like a velociraptor <laughs> it's di- it's directed sure it's directed towards an like I've um, I muted my cell phone yeah this is yeah. 
this is more like this is akin to a musical in some ways. You know, you either accept and, or and, you don't that they just fucking burst into songs sometimes. And, and Wright says that he says very specifically the the idea was you know when they burst into fight scenes when, in musicals. When they burst into songs, songs which, aren't, emotion- which aren't literally happening, right? But I just assume in musicals that they are. Quite frankly, that's just <laughs> if the world that they're stop in. Stop singing for just yeah, one minute. Exactly, uh, I just accept it. But the uh, the rationale he gives is, you know, in musicals, when the emotion gets too much in a, at a certain point, they burst into song, and the emotion gets carried. Right. The movie way. expresses the, the emotion this way. Right. Exactly. And so the metaphor is that instead of instead of musical numbers, it's fight scenes, and that's just the difference. Right. Part. Which which to be fair is is kind of always the case in a martial arts movie. And by the like, way, they, that's the one. Musicals, that's my one uh, major point of defense for Sucker Punch, and like I like he was just saying, you either go with it or you don't. But my counter- no one went with it in Sucker Punch. I was the only one. I know. But, but, but my counterpoint to that is musicals aren't really a thing anymore, and that's my, at least my supposition as to why. You're breaking my heart, Brian. I'm I, I'm and and the musicals that they do come st- and go, they come and go. And, well, the certainly. musicals that do still exist these days, like uh, uh, Chicago and, and Burlesque, the one that right. just happened, Hairspray. They they. Uh, Contain within themselves, within the circumstances, the an excuse. Hairspray excuse. doesn't. Hairspray doesn't. They well, just I didn't break know out what his point was. I was just but, yeah. naming a recent music. Hairspray oh. might. I be totally a, saw where he was going. Hairspray, but. hairspray might be the exception, but I might not be the ex- uh, successful one. Right. But the, yeah, the, it did fine. The, but the uh, it had John Travolta in a fat suit. It was hysterical. Okay. That anyway, it was a joke about people in fat suits. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this that, intros, uh, you know, yeah. Of course, they had to build, had to build we, this special set for it. Yeah. Um, or we should say that the, I mean, technically, this movie is amazing. Well, look again. I, I don't. I don't. I, I feel all, this. All the various tricks that they pull. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel the same way as as Trey in terms of Edgar Wright. I'm like, well, not so much for me. But what else you got? He, he I'll be there. He Edgar Wrighted the hell out of this. Well, movie. Well, exactly. It's like I I watched this movie and and. You know, un- unlike a lot of uh, the movies that we've we've done on the show, where we're like, "All right, here's where I feel they went wrong," and blah 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 blah. I watch this and I go, "I don't think there's a better version of this." Yeah, no, I don't. Is, I think he made the best Scott is Pilgrim the there is, but I just it just isn't the kind of movie that I like. It's funny. The title it's, sequence is a beautiful piece of work. Oh, yeah. It's funny you, should, you you say you don't like any of the characters. Actually, I like. I like a lot of the supporting characters. Oh yeah, yeah. I like the, the I main like, characters. I like that... Kim. Kim cracks me up, the drummer. Um, I like Knives, especially at the end when Knives comes into her own. It's like, mm-hmm. damn, girl, you go. And uh, and I like uh, um, and the and I love. Uh, the, I think the, I think the, 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 the one who really the, band. the one who really came out uh, as shining at the end of this movie for me was Kieran Culkin. Totally, I was oh, yeah. right yeah. there with you. I love the shit up. out of him. He cracks me up. <laughs> especially the second Hi, time when he's when he's fighting exactly when he's fighting Lee, whatever his name is. The Captain America guy. Uh, like, the first time it happens in the club, and he's like, fight! And then the second time, fighting that guy, he's like, Scott, it's a thing. Fight. And he just takes a drink out of his cup. Yeah, it's just, it's... Fight. He gets all the, he gets all the greatest moments, you know. It's so, it, it or does... he makes for the greatest yeah, moments. Or, or, yeah, or he owned them when they, when they got handed to him, one of, one of the two. Um, as opposed to... It's uh, certainly a mix. The, uh, the moments where he... Uh, throws the keys at Scott's head. That's uh, that was an invention of Kieran Culkin. I disagree with her uh, conclusion here. I think there are some good songs in this movie. I think Sex Bobomb has a good song in this movie, but I wouldn't watch this performance right now and say you guys are. I awesome. agree. I wouldn't fall in love with that anyone. said. Well, but, but whatever. Th- whatever. Well, his I think ex- that's the point. That is, is the point. Is, is that they're not that good? Is. But yeah. she's of course you know overwhelmed. She's in, she's in love with that said, not. whatever his ex girlfriend's band is called, I forget their performance that they play at the Battle of the Bands thing. That song is great. That song is amazing. I love. I want that song in my car. I also want their album. <laughs> I also hate vegans. Yeah. Well, so what are you <laughs> going to do? Who doesn't? I know, right? I, I'm stuck between. I'm stuck in a hard way, sir. Yeah. So I shall I shall I uh, tell the story of how I 
accidentally saw this movie the wrong way. Sure. Um, it's Again, it's in the forums. I told the story in the forums. But there's the, the Visual Effects Bake Off every year. And this year, uh, this past year, uh, there were seven films up for nomination, um, of which, for the, for a change, this year they picked five and used to pick three. But this year, they this last year, the Oscars, they added that to five. So there's they still have the seven finalists that are going to get narrowed down. The seven evil finalists? It's only evil finalists um, <laughs> that um, th- that get narrowed down. But the, the, the dynamic was very different this year because before it was like seven and only three are going to make the cut. Now it's seven and two are going to get dropped off. And weirdly enough, the two that got dropped off were, uh, not weirdly, were this, but the other one was Tron. Um, and the other five made it in, which was, you know, uh, strange that Tron didn't make it, but that's a whole other story. Even though I'm no fan of Tron, I haven't even seen it, but uh, it really should have gotten a visual effects Oh, I like her, too. She's, oh, she's yeah. fantastic. And, you know, it's, you know, it's a shame she's in Twilight now, but that's okay. But she was also um, up in the air and did Up in the air and fantastic, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so, uh, so we saw reels of them, and I had not seen Scott Pilgrim, the movie, in its entirety, my first exposure to it was the visual effects reel where they cut together a 15-minute reel of just clips from the movie. And then <laughs> Scott Pilgrim, the visual effects bits are the most annoying. And I, I was like, what's <laughs> happening to my face? I described, I described another movie, I believe it was Transformers, as the cinematic equivalent of a toddler banging a pot with a spoon and going, ah! And the Scott Pilgrim effects reel was literally Michael Sarah going, ah! For 15 minutes. It was the you loudest. the whole waveform blue. It was the loudest, most. I know. I blew. I. I. Yeah. So welcome to the my experience yeah. of watching the. It was. It was the most annoying. It was just like, oh my god, make this stop, please, make this stop. How much longer is this going to go on? Oh my god, there's five more minutes of this bullshit. Um, and there was this awful, awful music, and just this constant sensory overload and flying graphics and people flying through the air and screaming. And it was like, it was like the worst Hong Kong action movie ever. It's like Michael Sarah made some kind of Hong Kong action cartoon. It was like, what the hell is this? Um, it was annoying as hell. And I wasn't the only one who felt that way. Because because the uh, the actual the head of the visual effects branch got up afterwards and kind of tried to say. All right, wait, hold on. Yeah. Um, he said, um, "You realize, of course, that we see you know often the loudest and busiest part." He was literally apologizing for the effects reel, uh, <laughs> which is not a good way to start. So, because um, there's a lot of old, you know, there's a lot of gray hair in the audience of the you know the effects branch still, uh, you know, like me, and so we were all kind of like, "What the fuck was that bullshit?" And and I said, "I you know," I said afterwards, "Dude, I'm out, too old for." This I said movie. afterwards, walking out, I said, "I think we just saw Scott Pilgrim lose the visual effects." nomination the people i was with was like no no way it was awesome I'm like i did and um, i've been coming to the big off for 10 years and and you could feel the hate in the room so so i said as opposed to before i was i was curious about seeing scott pilgrim i was like oh i'll see that someday it's edgar wright you know what's not to love and then i was like i really don't ever want to see that movie my god can you imagine 90 minutes of that bullshit and of course when i finally did get around to it it's like well the other yeah. The rest of the, the movie, isn't, movie like that. isn't that. The rest of the movie is much more fun and interesting and people having conversations and things. And, and, and you learn other things in context like, oh, they're supposed to suck. They are a bad band. That music wasn't supposed to be thought of as good. It was terrible music on purpose. Oh, oh, that whole thing yeah. was ironic. Oh, that's that makes probably not so the best way to come sense, at it. So uh, we passed it now, but we just had the scene where they're playing the DDR version of, of Ninja. And that's apparently that's an addition from the comic books, and that's supposed to justify his uh, his fight, his ability to fight instantly without any kind of preparation whatsoever. So it's yeah, like, I kinda, okay, I, I I'm almost like it's one of those things where the less you justify it, the more I'll accept. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's like it's like, and that's but but I did like that because the the little DDR fighting thing because it feels like part of this world that they would be in. Yeah. It's like people fight that, all the time. That's what they're going to do. So they're going to do a little DDR where they, they punch and fight and stuff like that because that's just the world that they live yeah. in. It's like Monsters, Inc. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, the, but, the, it, but it is very much like, well, that's that's 
5% of an explanation on a 500% yeah. movie. It's like, this is not really... The you're pun- not really achieving anything. Anyway, the pun- just to wrap up, my punchline of my story, uh, if there is one, is that I, I afterwards I was hanging out in the lobby and I was talking to my friends and going, well, Scott Pilgrim is out for sure. And they were like, what do you think? And I was like, no, I've been coming to this for 10 years. And no, it's dead. It's a goner. And I, I realized I was saying that three feet away from the Scott Pilgrim effects team. Oh. Um, awkward. So, you know, sorry. But hey, but, I, I wasn't and, wrong. And then you turn around and we're like, you knew. You knew. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't. You know what you did. It wasn't your time. I'm sorry. Um, there's nothing. I totally forgotten about is not only do I not buy this rather cool hip chicks instant and inexplicable attraction to Michael Sarah, yeah. I don't buy, I, I doubly don't buy the even cooler and hipper and more successful chick who used to be his girlfriend. It's like, how, in what universe, I don't care what fantasy universe you live in, that that never can happen. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. I mean, and that people, goes to Michael Sarah being the wrong casting Yeah, I just, I just yeah. don't see any 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 of those women going, oh, okay, you, yeah, you're the one. Here and in go. addition to those, there's also a uh, uh, Allison Pill, the the drummer character, yeah, she was saying they had a sort of with thing, him, yeah. and I didn't even pick up on this in the movie. It took the commentary for them to to point it out, but apparently Aubrey Plaza's character is his ex girlfriend as well. Which one? Uh, which one is that? Aubrey Plaza, um, the girl from Parks and Recreation. Okay. Um, the one that was <laughs> who, the, by the way, that doesn't help me at all. The, the one that was in the music the, store with them. Trey, okay. the one that looks oh. like she could be Allison Janney's daughter. Oh, okay, thank you. That one. Yeah, it's like people talk about this. They're like, "Yeah, it's a, a movie about geeks for geeks." I'm like, "What geek has had to de- uh, is surrounded yeah. by seven hot girls that <laughs> yeah. he has to decide between? What, yeah. who, and and has a band that isn't that great, but is <laughs> you know, he's raising his hand, anyway. but but gets to blow up anyway? It's like, what? No, <laughs> I'm sorry, but no, put your hand down. Oh. <laughs> Buy my <Not>. album. <laughs> <laughs> Read my blog. Is pink matching shoelaces still a thing? Uh, no, but okay. uh, neither is it Scottish and Beeps. Yeah. Oh, now that's I can, right. Now, I can totally get his instant infatuation yeah, with absolutely, her because absolutely. I share it. Because, okay, yeah, yeah, I can see there's a certain thing. Yeah, fine. Yeah, you just, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> hello. Yeah. Whoop, Twitch, ding, I'll be in my bunk. But I even, uh, I even like at first that Knives is like, yeah, she is cool, huh? Yeah. <laughs> even totally. Knives is like, yeah, 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 how completely oh. clueless and yeah. naive Knives, knives yeah. is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the, when when it comes to the scene of uh, you know, and it's going to be over before it begins practically, where she kind of goes, yeah, all right, and you know, and then there are a couple from then on. It's like, wait, what? Right? Is there a missing yeah. scene somewhere? So yeah, we understand why well, she it, gives a shit about him. No, we don't. I don't. I truly don't. Because I was sort of actively hating him this whole time anyway. I know he was supposed to be kind of adorable and and wee and witty and hip. But I was just kind of hating his guts this whole time. And then she meets him, and she has the same reaction I have, which is like. Everything about you is retarded. Yeah, go away. And then they're dating. Yeah, I'm cool, and you're definitely not. So yeah, I really don't. Out. Right, well, I really uh, don't what? get it. Okay, I, I have kind of seen that happen, but it doesn't continue. <laughs> 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 I have seen that happen, but it stops. The next day, she's never, like, ew. It never happened for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do like this guy. This guy pops up several times throughout the movie. And just always has a very... Uh, he's, he's Mr. Exposition. He's, yeah. he's, Mr. he's Mr. Exposition, but he also has like Mr. Stereotypical Detail of whatever situation he's in. He'll, when they walk into the club at the end, he'll, he'll be saying like some completely stereotypical hipster thing uh-huh. and just having that conversation. The shins the are so side. much better than this. Exactly. Something like that. Yeah, but he's always there to move the plot forward. He's the guy who like has the information that's necessary to move the plot forward. Yeah, this that's the important thing, though. This is not a movie about geeks. It is a movie about hipsters styled to appeal to geeks. Yeah. That's what this movie is, you know. 
if you, I, I can see people thinking that if they're interpreting it, oh, he's imagining it as a video game because he, you know, he's a big video gamer. I never see him other than that DDR thing. He doesn't play any video games. True. So where are you concluding that from? <laughs> <laughs> There's a weird. We're we're doing uh, one of our weird, funny down in front back to backs today. We're doing Scott Pilgrim versus the World and Waterworld, and they both have the great the, little feature. They, yeah. they both have the um, the messed with intro logo, which we've discussed. Oh, I guess he's talking about Pac Man, so he plays games. Uh, they both have the sort of messed with Universal logo, which we've discussed, and we said, oh, this is cool, and, and Raiders and stuff like that. And it's weird to think that sometimes those do, and sometimes those don't exist within the universe of the movie. I'm sp- I'm, sp- I'm speaking specifically of the set that are altered to be funny for the movie. I I never quite understand what they're doing. If it's supposed to be like just sort of tonally related, or if it's supposed to be part of the universe, or it's how if Scott Pilgrim knew that he lived in the universe, that's how he would see the Universal logo. And in this case, we actually what? get the Universal. Yeah, studio. it's just I think it's you're just, overthinking it's, it's this. A gag, dude. It's, yeah. it's know, a thing know, that people do. Uh, the, 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 yeah, it's, when now, you, when, now it's like a little game. The filmmakers play is like, what can I do something with the logo? You know, can yeah. I have some fun with the? Logo? I mean, when they don't alter the logo, are you like, well, this tells me about the? Uh, yeah, it's so like, they weren't they weren't cool about it. Yeah. No, but it's like it doesn't the, tell it's you. Like, any... It's like the cover of the book. It's that's the tone. A game it's a, on it. It's a very short overture, is what it is. <laughs> it's a very very short overture to be like, this is the movie you're about to see. That's a good way to put it. I like yeah. that. And and yeah, it's there's Aubrey Plaza, Baby uh, Alice okay. and Jenny. Okay, yeah, she has the same eyes. Good enough. I mean, this it's it's become a thing now that you do, which you know it, it's uh, you know as we mentioned, I think you know Raiders was the first time I noticed it happening. It might have happened some other time, but Raiders was the first one that I kind of went, oh okay, in a very minor way compared to what other people have done. But now it's almost a thing, you know. Dark Knight, everything is Dark Knight colored, and uh, you know Constantine, By the everything goes to this, hell, and it goes we should on make on. a full feature that takes place in the universe of the logo. We should alter the movie for the logo. <laughs> And then it just like we just go into people just ducking and covering as the logo comes crashing to the ground. Yeah, no, no, but it's like you know the new Disney thing where it sort of flies over that little that little countryside village. We just spend the whole movie in there. I do do a '70s version of a Universal movie where if you looked in the sky, you saw the Van Allen radiation belts clearly (laughs) orbiting around the Earth. And going back to the whole thing about Scott is apparently this incredible ladies man for being such a geek she just goes through this list that goes on forever about oh what about her and what about her what about her yeah so when did this, he even find the time and this man is 22 mm-hmm. and yeah how is this and man he's kind of a bitch he's a bitch and he's supposed to be not cool i Sec- love wallace. second magic bean i love wallace so much <laughs> yeah it's amazing it's like macaulay who kieran is what it's all about he's mm-hmm. the he's the good culkin macaulay the- culkin dated mila kunis for almost a decade yeah what? Yeah. So I guess that makes it's possible for Scott Pilgrim to have done almost anything as well, I guess. Because <laughs> there you go. There apparently we live in a magical universe. Lawyered. <laughs> Mila Kunis fucked the shit out of Mac Culkin. Yeah. Okay. More than once, probably. Well, that's that's something to say. You like the Home Alone kid? Well, fucked him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm but, sure Mila Kunis goes around doing Rebecca, yeah, Ro- yeah, Rebecca Romaine is like, that. fat kid and stand by me. <laughs> yeah. Totally married him. Yeah. Yep. Back off to girls. I saw him first. <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny that this, uh, again, I can't remember the actress's name, the up in the air Twilight Anna girl. Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. You know, the fact that she's she's in the movie for like what was probably about a day of shooting, you know, that <laughs> she's literally, it's just these, and literally, I think they talk about that in the commentary, that she just barely like flew in, boom, 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 these are your scenes. Okay, thanks very much. Bye-bye. That is the chick from Twilight. She's the, she's the sister <laughs> she's, in Twilight, too, yeah, right? Yeah. 
Huh. Yeah, and she was casting this before yeah. before she was in Twilight. If I it's funny how it's it's funny how right. you know I, I you see her up in the air. She's nominated for an Academy Award, and you go, oh, that's awesome. She's not, and then she ends up in Twilight, where she's making millions of dollars, I'm sure. But you kind of go, wow, boy, is that good or bad that she's in Twilight? You know, <laughs> well, she's not the star of Twilight, so no, she's, she's all right. a supporting character, so yeah. she can still have a career. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. She's not going to be Luke Skywalker. Exactly. We okay. Hope. We hope because she shouldn't be. She's really, really, really good. But, uh, oh, but we should we should mention that this takes this is n- not shot in I think it's Toronto. Uh, not it shot in Toronto. Toronto for Chicago or anything. They're like they it's, shot it in Toronto. It's Toronto. And it's Toronto. Yeah. We are Canadians, <laughs> and that's it. And the studio wanted them at one point to shoot in New York. And they wanted to double. Yeah, they New wanted York they wanted Toronto. to shoot New York for Toronto. Yeah. It's like it was, why? No <laughs> sense at all. <laughs> We shoot in Toronto for New York because it's cheaper there. Yeah. You want the movie to look like Toronto and you want to shoot it in New York? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to cost twice as much. And then what, what, what's the line from Studio 6 today? We, uh, we can shoot in Vancouver. It looks like Boston, California. Yeah. It's not yeah, even Yeah, Vancouver place. doesn't look like Vancouver. Vancouver looks like nothing. All right. We haven't had a Michael Sarah movie yet, if I'm not mistaken. And um, let's, uh, well, no, let's, up, to, up to this point. Up to this point, it has been a Michael Sarah movie, and it's no, no, no. Sorry, we haven't no, done no, a Michael Sarah on, on, on the oh, podcast oh, that we gotcha. do on the internet. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you when we're doing one. Um, <laughs> All right, I can't stand that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't. And I've seen Juno. I've seen um, uh, what was the Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. I've seen this. This, I what and Superbad. I liked him in Superbad. That was it. Yeah, Youth and Revolt didn't. You get you get you get one movie. When you when you are that guy, and he's gotten a bunch of them, he made perfect sense in Juno because the whole movie was about really that guy. That's yeah. the guy. Does he even? <laughs> he worked in Juno. He was even capable of impregnating a girl. He worked in Juno. He and I liked him in Superbad. Opposite the uh, yeah, because he was an ensemble in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do. You guys have that same reaction? We're just sort of like go. I don't get go the Michael, away. I don't get the Michael Sarah thing. I mean, if, if I don't hate him as much as I think most of the rest of the world does, but it, I do have the same feeling. Like okay, I'm. I'm done I'm, with you. I'm now. done. I'm really done. I, yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I don't hate him, but I'm like, all right, we've seen that, yeah. and we saw him try other things, and it didn't work. So let's move on. I have, now. I have, I have, a, you know, I have to be careful sometimes because, of course, uh, I'm affiliated with people who are responsible for for bringing Michael Sarah to America and making him a famous you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't take credit for it, but uh, people I know. But and, you could have. And of course, it. there's a project that I'm writing right now where, uh, of course, those people said, "Hey, Michael Sarah in the lead," and I realized, my God, Michael Sarah would be perfect for the lead, and that would ruin this movie. Because then it would suddenly be one of those Michael Sarah movies where he does a Michael Sarah thing. It's like I was writing a Michael Sarah role, and I was like, "Boy, I, the one thing that would be terrible is if Michael Sarah played this." Um, which you know, maybe a conversation that I'll have to have someday, where I'd like, "Yes, Michael Sarah would be awesome. Let's not have him." This bit uh, was, this should be worse problems to was have. Done but... Practically, where he walks into the uh, the bathroom, uh, he walks into the bathroom of the, the house, and then when he leaves again, he, he walks into the school. A lot of, and it goes back to Edgar Wright just being a badass, a lot of this is done in camera, done practically, uh, done physically, and uh, uh, augmented after the fact with uh, visual effects, but as little as possible, as much as possible is done practically. Another D-Neg show, as I yes. recall. That's yeah, an interesting but... point in the chat room. Herf, who made us our amazing Down in Front Rug, uh, points out that he's an off-putting Goldblum. <laughs> okay. I would say like an off-putting, soft-spoken Goldblum, but... I, I see. Uh, I see what he's saying there. I really like Goldblum. I don't know what it is. They're they're all horseradish people, where you know a bite is great and a whole 
is, is <laughs> too much. But yeah. I don't know. I've been able to deal with Goldblum for 20 years, and I had Michael Sarah for three years, and it was like the worst history teacher ever. Go- like, uh. Goldblum is just way more interesting to watch, regardless of what he's doing. And he's not typically the lead. And he typically d- from like the fly or whatever. He's he's usually but even right. He's not, he, we're not supposed to buy him as the guy that the girls want. Right. And Michael uh-huh. Sarah's been that even guy then well. in the '80s. That made more sense than it does with Michael Sarah. And all yeah, and, and every movie with Michael Sarah, he's been getting he's been getting laid by really hot chicks mm-hmm. nick and nora well, the whole th- I, th- I super think, bad i think you can buy juno uh i think you can buy uh jeff goldblum as being a chick magnet no totally because he is because he is <laughs> in real life he is Jeff, uh, Bo- he gets laid way more than you do why do you think he founded an acting school in the first place yeah. uh <laughs> yeah, to, to, why, do, why do people do anything <laughs> to get chicks pyramids totally yeah. to get chicks um but the whole like the whole centerpiece of michael Sarah's identity is oh he'll he'll never get the girl and so then to that is basically michael Sarah in a nutshell that that kind of personality yeah you want to see him to, overcome and yeah like, but geez this guy can get all the girls yeah there isn't a girl in this movie he hasn't gotten yeah exactly so you pair that identity with this background reality of oh apparently he slept with everybody in toronto it seems like well, yeah. who hasn't? And the, and the, the <laughs> thing at the, is, at the tender age, I still of got a couple. The, I need to the get thing to. is, the, the the yeah, it's the weird balance of trying to trying to have the, that Michael Sarah aspect of oh, how's he going to get oh, her? A, he could never yeah. get her. He, she's with, way out of his league. Yeah, but apparently nobody else is. Right with this with this Scott Pilgrim character, where again, I think he was wrong for the character in the sense that it should be more i feel it should be more of a thing where it's like i can get any girl except you why mm. It, mm. have you read the book i forget i, I read like it. the first 3 okay. books or whatever and then they didn't i, I was at comic con and everyone was going ape shit over it so i'm like okay and i found yeah. the first booth that had them and i bought the first 3 and they didn't have the fourth one so i was like okay well on. it was uh with this they the first two had gotten published when they made the deal to make the movie and then the uh, the next, I think, three, I think two through five, were written as along with as the movie was in pre-production and the script being written. And then the sixth one didn't even come out by the time the movie came no, out. The, so. the sixth one, the sixth one, l- literally came out this the same day that there was a panel at Comic Con in Hall H for for Scott Pilgrim. After which Edgar Wright did like an Oprah and was like, "Look under your seats. If you have a ticket, follow me. I'm go- <laughs> you're gonna get to see the movie <laughs> awesome. uh, at the theater down the street." Um, I didn't have a ticket, but um, or maybe I, maybe I did, but like no one else did, and it, that, that would have been lame. Like I was there hanging out with my friends. All right, but peace. Someone did. Yeah. So anyway, um, didn't go, but literally the day that it's like movies, you, you know, movies done, blah blah blah. That was the day that the last book was released and started selling at Comic Con. Wow. <laughs> so. So they they talked about uh, at the panel. They're like, "This is a completely they, the ending they, is different." Yeah, yeah they diverge completely. In the chat room, they're making an interesting uh, observation about Michael Sarah and his ability to get hot chicks, and also people like Woody Allen and Albert Brooks and Adam Sandler in movies, where you sort of don't get their qualities, but that's sort of their thing. Mm-hmm. Just bringing it up. No one ever questioned Woody Allen with Diane Keaton. Is Michael Sarah Jewish? <laughs> uh, I would I would assume so. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, he gets the chicks, obviously. Yeah. It's, and it's, and it's so here like he's controlling Hollywood. So like I said, yeah, there, probably. I feel it was a missing scene, or there should yeah. be a missing scene yeah. because it's like, wait a minute, they just kind of sat on the swing set and talked, and not one of his jokes landed, and then now she is dating him. And, I buy this, oh, okay. and now he's going to spend the night. Yeah, yeah, not the the dating. And that's a lovely outfit she's wearing. The dating uh, thing yes. I don't get. The not well, as lovely as in a minute though. The dating thing I I don't get. I get the well. 
There's no one else here. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, the making out I guess out if bit. she's a slut or something, if that's what we're supposed to do. You know, I was like, well, you come here, you hot hunk of man. But, but um, I do I do like that the movie doesn't like slut shame her or anything. No this one's like you're a slut. It's like if Adam anything, it's Jamie like Jamie you're a slut. Yeah. This well, that's Adam and Jamie jump up and go busted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Myth, but actually, it's funny. One of the things that struck me about the movie Impossible. that that I, yeah, it's uh, that I that I like is the fact that it the uh, Kieran Culkin's character is handled so matter of factly. I mean, it's like it's just like no, he's gay and he has a succession of guys and there are guys in and out of his bed all the time and it's like it's not even played. In, in, in any kind of stereotypical, like, you know, gay way. It's it's just like, it's just a fact of life. The, yeah, and the element... And it's totally accepted by everyone, and I think that's great. That, that's the element oh, of the humor. It's like, he's he's got a new guy every every time yeah. we see him, basically. And sometimes more than one. Yeah, and sometimes and, more than one. And all of them are totally up on what's going on with Scott. Yeah. <laughs> the second they... It's this guy we've never seen before, and they're awake. They're like, did you have the dream about Envy again? It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? That's what's funny about that. Yeah. <laughs> Edgar Wright, go. Good for him. Good for him? Uh, that's, your, that's your response to Scott Pilgrim is, good probably. for him. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's right. Good job. He got, I mean, you, there, there is really something impressive that he convinced Universal to give him $60 million for this movie. Who did, who did he pitch? The, the thing executives asked, they're like, who's the audience? Well, kids! Uh, you know, stuff. it's based on a comic book. Oh, well, in that Probably case, not. yeah. Mm. I, I, <clears throat> I can see that, though. Like, no, everybody who loves video games and is incredibly nostalgic right now in their, in their mid to late 20s is going right. to... Every one of them is going to love this movie. Because it's, it's kind of a hard sell for our generation. They weren't wrong, but those are the exact guys that pirated this. They, you're right. Yeah. The, thing, yeah. the thing is, the <laughs> thing is it's, tr it's trying to work on, like, two levels. It works for the... the, the like pace of it and stuff like you talked about work for the current video game generation of just being color and sound going ah! and uh but <laughs> the references are all for our generation that's like whoa fucking hold up <laughs> just just a second you know i can i can handle fast cutting but whoa <laughs> but, i bet you this was so, a fun script to read though oh sure oh, sure certainly. yeah probably so there's probably tons of stuff in there, and then whoosh, and you know, just, Zing just and going pow, nuts and it. explodes and color and like. I wonder if they did like a little sort of a test just to show the actors like this is what it's going to look like. This, so when I say you're you're kind of waving away the love, it's going to look something like this, where the well, words they, are there and they're tracked in and that kind of shit. Or if they just if they just said, all right, trust me, it's going to work. They storyboarded the hell out of it. And then if you actually look on the the Blu-ray or the DVD. There's just sequence after sequence after sequence of the full storyboard animatics on the DVD. I was actually going through. This is my. I haven't gone through and digested a full movie's worth of uh, special features in a long time, and I need to get back into that. So I, <laughs> I picked Scott Pilgrim of all fucking things to sit down and go. I'm going to do every single special feature on this, and I got halfway through the animatics and was like, I'm done. Yeah. It's just too many. Yeah, <laughs> you tapped out like a blackjack dealer and walked away. <laughs> I was like there's, there's too many. Like every frame of this movie is is storyboarded. You can't jump into it on Scott Pilgrim, man. You gotta jump into it. I know it that, that was a bad thing with like production notes. <laughs> that, <laughs> that that was a bad one to like get as a warm up again. That that gag with the really short song reminds me of uh, the um, the thing on Doug, the show Doug with his <laughs> oh, his inventor okay. and neighbor. I I've always remembered for some reason the one invention where he has a device that compresses an entire album's worth of music into one sound. <laughs> and it just I that. knocks I that. everyone on their ass when he plays it. <laughs> I uh, remember that gag. That's, that's, a good that's gag. what that reminded me of. 
I thought you were going to bring up the uh, Bang on a Trash Can song, <laughs> which is a great song. I want that to be a sample in like a Beastie Boys track. Banging on a trash can. So when I was actually finally watching the movie, I was kind of, you know, it's getting, oh, okay, it's, it's so much better than the visual effects reel led me to believe. But I was feeling like, I, boy, I could have done with a few less of the cartoony graphic, you know, things. Just you know, the text, just like the, you know, the phone, the phone the ring and the little lightning bolts and the thing. I was like, eh, back off on those a, a little bit. And and again, it's 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 one of those movies, a la Sucker Punch. <laughs> again, there actually is a lot of. I think there's a lot of crossover between this and Sucker Punch, um, where you know, I was like, wow, it's just when you when you stop watching a movie, I, there's a there's a point in certain movies if they don't engage me, where I I stop going. Wow, I'm enjoying this movie, or I stop, you know, following the plot, and I just started thinking, wow, a lot of my fellow visual effects artists really worked hard, and it's a shame that this was what they ended up making. That they, had I to, hope they put that money into savings. Yeah, that's, that's something it's, very maybe responsible. They, they put it. their kids through college, or bought some bought some property, or something with it. So, so it went to some kind of a good cause, <laughs> I would hope. Um, and it's interesting. I see. Uh, there's a thing that happens, you know, with a lot of filmmakers, and whether or not uh, it's true with Edgar Wright or not. But you know, Shaun of the Dead. A very small budget film. Hot fudge, hot fudge, hot fuzz. Is very <laughs> hot fudge, hot fudge. Very tasty. Hot fuzz. You know, not a huge budget movie. Now, Sixty million. Ooh, you know, oops. Um, and it's interesting. It's the really shocking contrast is if this was sixty million, Sucker Punch was only eighty million. Sucker Punch, you know, was only a little bit more expensive than this, and is much more crazy with the eye candy than than even this is. Um, and the best analysis of Sucker Punch, which I would almost apply to this one as well. Is someone said it? Sucker Punch is not, you know, a bad movie, and it's not a failure because it did really, really well. It's opening weekend for a movie with no stars. It's not based on any known property. It's a crazy niche fantasy vanity project by a director who's had a few hits. Seventeen million dollar opening weekend is a perfectly acceptable opening weekend. The mistake of Sucker Punch was spending eighty million to make it. Right. It should have yeah. been a thirty million dollar movie, just like this should have been a thirty million dollar movie. It's not as mainstream as someone thought, and they thought it was worth sixty million. It's not a movie like this is not worth spending sixty million. Yeah, it's, on. it's the mistake of the the long tail of marketing, which is you know the, the long tail of marketing concept is at the beginning you have whatever appeals to everybody and then gradually the the uh the audience or the consumer base trails off until you get to the very end and there's like one guy who's a hardcore fan for this and the 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 issue the problem is when you think that something way off in the tail there is way up in the body and that maybe more people <laughs> yeah. are going to spend more money and care about it than actually are in reality so and, here here's where i you know immediately kind of I'm questioning the movie rather than like enjoying yeah, the movie. It's, it's like, okay, well, wait. Now, what? Suddenly, he's a martial what artist. Is, what is, doing what a great is happening? Anime thing. What is you know? What is I, happening in the world? This, scene, this is the movie. This is where it just it it goes off the rails here because it hasn't properly set up. Okay, is this a full on fantasy world, a Wonderland thing, mm -hmm. or is this a, a a metaphor? And this is actually them having an argument or whatever. It, and how does that translate? It you don't understand the context of. Where the reality that we know ends and the reality of this movie begins. There's also not much in the way of stakes, really. I mean, yeah. you know what the, you that's know what my, her, you know what his incentive is, but you don't know what happens to him if he loses. Yeah, that's my that's my entire problem. He doesn't get to date Ramona. That's his stakes. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. much? And, so and he'll again, just move on to one of the other thousand women yeah, in Toronto. Exactly. So it's like if I don't care about whether or not he and Ramona get together, why do I care about any of this? I mean, I'm a I'm a, a fight scene guy, so I en I enjoy it on a purely like oh that's fun level, um, and it's 
better shot than a lot of stuff is nowadays, which is just like, oh, cut, 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 cut. Like, yeah. they actually spent a lot of time working up the fight scenes and stuff. It's still a little more cutty than, than I generally prefer, but it's, you know, showing off more than most movies do these days, having wide shots and being able to track with the fight. But but again, it's like, like you said, if he loses, what happens? Oh, wouldn't that be a tragedy? You know, yeah. I, I don't care if, and, if he wins or loses. And the mechanics of it make no sense. We haven't been explained how the mechanics of why the, why this evil, this group of evil exes, get to affect their relationship at all. Again, it's, a, it's, it's supposed well, to, yes, it's supposed that. to be this metaphor of your you have this emotional baggage that you carry with yeah, you. Yeah, and you, you have to life. you have to get through that person's baggage to be able to, to get, get to the kind of so this yeah, is so what it there feels. is there is a metaphorical level external to the film. Right. I don't think it's a metaphor within the film, though. So this is what it feels like to be Roger Ebert. <laughs> I don't get it. No stars. Video games aren't art. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it's, if you deconstruct every individual scene, you go, well, this is a fun scene. I mean, every yeah. little detail of this scene is great, and it's funny, and I love the interplay and the, you know, the, the, oh, and the, the, the other... whole sort of fantasy heightened reality. And I like when he's like, of hey, it. coins. But yeah, the fact that it just sort of came out of nowhere that, uh, you know, he, and so he has to fight them... Okay, and even that I'm okay with. But then yeah, the whole I'm idea, okay with that. I'm like, you know, I, I, that's I've the played premise. Mega Man. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, that's yeah, the premise. The okay, bosses. but the idea of, but then, but how is he able to fight them? And he yeah. seems to really not have a lot of trouble defeating them. And yeah. in the end, it's just to get he seems this to be girl really that I don't at... understand why he's with her. And at the end, he's... he's not really with her. They're like, well, let's be friends and see where it goes from there. <laughs> which is why, you know. That's and the ending. Just to skip ahead, which is why I think. I think I might have enjoyed this movie more with the real ending on it. What's the real ending? He and Knives end up together. Yeah. Oh, they changed yeah. the ending? This is the changed ending. Yeah. The, the cha- they, the, went, they went back and forth, and ultimately yeah. they decided but to this, go with the, Ramona. But the first, the first screenings were the real ending, where you know he realizes that you know Ramona and he aren't right for either, and the, and the run that was right for him all along was Knives. And, and there's a whole setup for it. Like, wow, you two make a great team. You know, Ramona says that. You know, and he realizes, no, yeah, Knives is really, she's a real person, and she's not, she doesn't have all the crazy baggage, and she's always loved me, and she's fantastic. And she, he and Knives end up together. That was the original shot ending. Hmm. And and they did test. Oh, so that's not necessarily the ending of the book, even. I don't know how the book yeah, ended, but they they they, uh, they they did test screenings where that was the ending. And uh, Edgar Wright mentions that he, you know, of course, like I guess we all do nowadays. He was actually, you know, looking, you know, sniffing around on Twitter, and someone said, "Hey, I saw a screening of Scott Pilgrim, but I thought, you know, he ended up with the wrong girl at the ending." And they discussed it and debated it endlessly, and then and they're went, like, "No, Twitter!" <laughs> and they went change with, everything. I believe it's in fact a reshoot. I believe it was a, a pickup of, uh, you know, to have him end up with. Um, with the purple hair check instead. And, um, and he actually sent a private message to that girl on Twitter, like, you know, six months later, whatever, go, go, is that great? You got your wish. Wow. But I, I, in the, the special features has the original ending with, uh, you know, he, it ends with him and knives, um, you know, back to playing, uh, whatever that martial arts dance, dance revolution game is their plan. And, uh, you know, and they're a couple and Ramona just moves on. Yeah. It makes more sense. Yeah. And 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 the movie is set up for that. And when he does walk off with uh, Ramona at the end, it's like, but but but, I, but what? Uh, in the chat room, they point out that if that happens, it makes the whole movie moot. And that's no, not really. No, it, no, it doesn't make more. No, it doesn't make the whole movie moot. The whole, it, it answers. The, it, I think it addresses the issue that we're talking about, which is like the lesson. You know, his his journey is: I shouldn't be with this person. Right. I should be with the person yeah, who I'm, was staring me in the face the whole time. I'm obsessed with being with this person, and I don't actually know why. Now and that I'm thinking there's about no, it. There's no there there. Yeah. We're not actually. You know, it doesn't. Okay. Work. And they're doing a. Uh, 
cute thing with the bokeh here, by the way, where it's hearts instead of circles. Actually, for her, it was X's up until it wasn't, and it was hearts for her, too. That's clever. I didn't notice that. Yeah. They put yeah. a lot of work into that for no one to notice. What? Uh, I noticed. <laughs> well, you always I, pay attention to bokeh. I do love the Seinfeld gag. <laughs> you're a massive no tool. No. But, uh, uh, one thing that, that I didn't notice right away, but the aspect ratio changes all over the place in this yeah. movie. It goes from, they shoot some of it anamorphic, they even shoot some of it with uh, VistaVision, which yeah. is a very... Uh, uh, as Bill Pope talks about in the commentary, it's a, they use it primarily for special effects. Oh yeah, and in the say. dreams, it's actually changing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, there's uh, in the uh, in the fight sequence, uh, it's either the, with the two Japanese guys or the very end fight sequence. Uh, I think it's the Japanese guys. As you come out of that fight sequence, the fight sequence itself, the big epic thing, is in the the uh, two three five, two, three, five. Yeah. and then as it comes out of the and the action slows down again, it goes back to one eight five. Mm-hmm. Nerd. I think is it coming up here? Numbers I, are gay. There is. I, I think it's the tail end of this scene is uh, when Knives comes to the door. Um, it is something that made me laugh out loud when I watched it. Is, is when he dives out the window in the background. That is my favorite gag. That, in the that's movie. a good gag. That is probably the highlight of of the movie for me because I I did I, I actually rewound it just to watch that again. Just because <laughs> I actually see that it actually made me laugh literally laugh out loud. Uh, someone was pointing this out last night. I think it was Eric Webb uh, that now fucking what's his name him that guy lucas lee uh, captain america chris evans chris evans is now in three comic book franchises he's in fantastic, fantastic four. four scott pilgrim and uh and captain, captain america. america well i wouldn't call scott pilgrim a franchise it yeah, just i don't it think it's gonna you know comic universes sure fair enough I give like it that, up chris i like, I like that chris. his uh his it, it seems like he's being in terms of the design of the posters I feel like they made him Nicolas Cage. Yes. I think that's who he <laughs> yeah, is. Totally. That's, who that's not his performance, but that's how his the posters next, look. The right. next Nicolas Cage. His, he's, his he's performance the, is Christian Bale. His, uh, he's the Nicolas Cage of this world, I think. They were. They said in the in the commentary they were basing him off of... The, the seed of the character was actually Jason Lee, but then they went and made Jason Lee more of a... They took Jason Lee and made him more of an action like Will star Smith. kind of a guy. Yeah. yeah. Well turned. But then his posters look like Nick Cage. Yeah. Okay. This has made no sense. All right. <laughs> Just like Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> Good job. Everyone won. Everyone won. Clash of Demon Head, by the way, totally sounds like a real band's name. It, it should yeah. be a real I absolutely band. Absolutely, buy that. Somebody should make that. And it actually, I, I think their 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 number is like, wow, okay, you know, it's like now it, the actress who plays that the that lead singer is she? Do we know who she is? Brie she, Larson, I think. Is she, an, is she an actress? Because I I think whether she's lip syncing or whatever, I'm like, wow. No, she's performing. The pretty, the, the band yeah, pretty uh, hot little number. The song was written by a band named Metric, which makes sense if you know Metric's music. It's good stuff. See, right here. Like, what, what do they tell him? Like, it's going to work? Imagine this. Did they show him? Or is it just well, all storyboards? That's, well, that's straight from the, the comic book, although although the love, like, actually sm- smashes him, like, up against the side <laughs> of, the, of the panel. But, well, that's, a, that's kind of a weird question to ask, Steve, in terms of, like... You can ask that about freaking any visual effects shot. What are they, what are yeah. they telling yeah. him? No, I'm not going to look like an idiot in this, yeah. am I? Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, I, I answer that question a lot that's when the, I work with actors. That's the thing no, about, it's going to be great. That's the thing about uh, – we've talked about it as as visual effects have become more ubiquitous. normal and ubiquitous. Yeah. It's the kind of thing where the actors are like, okay, I'm not going to look yeah. retarded, so I'll totally do it, it. it. And the performances have improved because they trust it more. It's, it's becoming more of a, a cultural thing. And Hugh thing Jackman died carrying yeah. that torch. Where, <laughs> where, you know, if you look at Natalie Portman in episode two, you, you can tell she's not trusting right. that there's going to be anything there. And in that instance, for good reason. Right. But uh, <laughs> she's Ooh, like, snap. there's not anything here in the room. Nothing right at now. all. 
but as it as it becomes more commonplace, it's, was, it's becoming more standard. By the way, uh, th- that that's same a thing to that's, say, by the way. that same Comic Con of I think the same one. There was a Thor panel with with Natalie Portman. Oh yeah, and everyone was asking everyone, you know, what's it like to work with Kenneth Branagh? And blah blah blah. And Natalie Portman practically she didn't quite say this, but this is totally what she meant. She was basically like, it was really cool to work on an effects film where someone told me what was going on. <laughs> like, where, yeah. where someone directed me. Yeah. You know? That does not surprise me at all. That's that's always, I mean, even the the original trilogy, that was uh, what the actor said about Lucas. Yeah. He's, you know, he doesn't tell you, you know. So in the scene before, just remember, the right. scene before this is when you did this. So when you come in on this, you know, <laughs> just, he's faster, more intense. What, what, what do you say? What are they called? Minox. Why? Just Minox, yeah. Say it. Just, yeah. yeah. They're eating the power cables like just, they just do. Faster. Now, have we faster. kissed yet? I don't fucking know. Just shoot it. <laughs> Play it both ways. Nope, that's too much for him even, actually. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Because I'm, I'm not making... We'll shoot it both ways? Nope, nope. Faster I'm not actually making this movie till we get to editorial, so uh, who knows? It could be either way. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to at all. I may cut in Chewy. I, of all the women in this film, Kim would probably be the one that I'd be dating. I think, <laughs> I think Kim is my speed. Which one's Kim? Kim is the drummer. The drummer. Aw. Like, yep, I think I could, I, I, it'd be me and Kim, pretty much. And this movie feels like the opposite of Attack of the Clones in that way. It feels like everyone, everyone <laughs> wow. totally trusts what's about to happen with them, and they're in it fully, and they were probably directed very, well, I, th- very, uh, I think completely. Sucker Punch is the opposite, because Sucker Punch is, you know, a bunch of people on green screen going, really? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> this had real sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, I think, uh, I think... Edgar Wright shooting as much as possible practically and physically goes a long, long way. It, it's Lucas's fetishization for not doing anything right. physically on the day, on the set, that, right. you know, and a lot of this... it's literally just, a, you know, Natalie Portman in a large blue warehouse. Right. Uh, we haven't decided. Or yeah, whatever. And a lot D- of... Dodge a thing and then jump under yeah. and then probably roll something will be coming yeah. and then duck. And, we'll remember, and remember, internally, you're very conflicted about your feelings. Go. Yeah, as if he ever said anything nearly to that level. But um, also, a lot of the effects that are going on, part of the gag is that they don't react to them. So they don't even need to know they're going to be there. Yeah, he kicks and there's a swish line behind his foot, that kind of shit. Uh, And I think probably a lot of the stuff that they're doing in the fight scenes and stuff like that, like we were saying, it's very anime Mm-hmm. Like some of the shots are straight out of of anime movies. The you know the the shot where um, Patel got knocked back and like he's falling in slow motion and his hair is streaming forward. It's like that's exactly the kind of yeah. thing that you would see. And uh, so a lot of these, the, you know, the cast are probably familiar with those kinds of movies. They're like, oh no no, I totally see what. You're doing. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I know what I'm doing there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a live action anime. Uh, yeah, I got it. So again, it's like. I, it, is she what? Is she just a slut? Is she legally blind? What? what why is she? You know, you would think that after that lovely encounter, she'd go. You know what? Actually, on second thought, no, uh, not so much with the dating you. I don't yeah. see well, what's going on. The here. question is like, is she in love with him, or is she killing time? <laughs> I mean, yeah. is it a is it a love thing from the beginning that in order to consummate it, he has to beat the exes, or? Does he have to beat the exes in order to get her to fall in love with him? Like the actual, like you said earlier, the stakes are not right. the stakes are not established in any way, and the rules and the mechanics of this actual tournament is, is never established in any way, shape, or form. Now, without being dismissive or condescending, hear me out. <laughs> Go to hell. <laughs> without luck. being dismissive or condescending, why do people like this movie? 
Just because it's so witty and it's so it. And I it's, think I, I. It's just the speed and the the comedy and the tongue and cheekness of a, it. it. It's a good question because I've had the same. Yeah, I mean, I like those aspects of it. Certainly, I think, you know, like like Trey was saying, scene to scene. It's a very clever movie. There are a lot of funny moments that yeah, I just genuinely just laugh don't watch at. all the scene fight scene, scene. Just don't watch all the fight scenes back to back for fifteen minutes. It's, right. It is it is charming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But ultimately it you know, at at the end of the process, I sit there and go, why, why did why did I just watch that? I think it's I think it's very much akin to the new Star Trek where moment by moment you're going, Yeah, I'm on board with this. This mm-hmm. is awesome. And it's not until you get to the end and you go, Wait, but how does that moment connect to that moment right. and how does the whole picture but, work? But the the new Star Trek at least was leading somewhere and got you there. Yeah. And you could tell that's what they were you know, it's like at every moment they're trying to get to that point and, and justify how it got there and your mileage varies uh, <laughs> on whether or not they, they properly justified it. But but here I don't feel like there's anywhere specific, you know, because they even they changed the ending. Yeah. If if yeah. you can if you can make a movie and literally wholesale change the ending, based on the exact opposite ending without feeling that you need to change anything else about the movie. Yeah. yeah. That means you haven't made a movie that builds up yeah. to its ending. Well, what, what it's quote, it's I the just, I Am Legend of 2010. Yeah. I just uh, I read this quote and I I can't remember who said it, but uh, it's. Uh, if you if you have a problem in the third act, your real problem is in the first act. Yeah, it's like it's again it's it's the 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 surprising yet inevitable ending of this movie was and should have been. Oh, you should be dating knives, yeah. you idiot! Knives is the girl for you, and and the whole movie is building to that. Yeah, except then in the end, it's not because you know of some you know I don't know I don't know you know a. Who, who you know, lost, did someone lose faith? And like, oh, but no, it should be the ethereal girl of his dreams. And it's like the whole movie is about how, no, she's she's the girl of everyone's dreams. She's not. She's the she, fantasy. She's not a real person, you know? Yeah, and when you, when you find out, well, I, again, it's a, it's a metaphor for the baggage and stuff like that. It's yeah. like, the girl of my dreams is so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Now that I, now that I'm seeing her as a person, you know, it's, it's. Like they say about celebrities or whatever, like don't meet your heroes, you yeah. know, because they're people and they're fucked up. It's a, it's the same with this, and he should be like, wow, you're really fucked up, and that's fine because everyone is. But I'm gonna go with the one who accepts me for me, as opposed to me having to go through hell and and kill seven people, yeah, uh, to just to keep up, j- just to keep up, yeah, exactly. And and I I also don't think that the metaphor of the seven evil exes as baggage is really leveraged very well. It's just kind of so, yeah. it's just kind of there, and and if you make that connection in a, an academic way, you're like, oh, I see what they're doing. Right. But it's like you could have made that genuinely part of his journey a little bit. I mean, they try to do that when he finds out that one of the exes is a girl, and it's like, oh, well, Ooh. that's interesting about your past. Leverage? You mean like learning about Ramona through this? Right. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. And, and going, oh, well, going. On yeah, but, to, we're, but we're learning. The, but the we're learning that, advice. Yeah, we're learning that first of all, the first guy and this guy don't even really count as exes. Yeah, they were, they were right. just guys who they had were, a crush on her when she was twelve or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And to go back to the the Blake Snyder advice, where you know a story as, as a as a problem play, quote unquote, is. Is okay. Here's a problem that you may face in your own life, and the the ideal story structure is to show you the wrong way to solve that problem and the right way to solve that problem. That was really, by the way, that was really good transitioning between it, Sarah yeah. and oh, the, stunt the, the stunt double. The stunt double artist. The sc- There's another one. Kind of yeah. the, scaffold. Just, the scaffolding is even better. Well, there was just a, a oh, really long shot where he was doing some awesome martial arts, 
but you can't really see his face. And then when you can again, it's Michael Sarah. Mm. But they were kind of they they transitioned yeah. in and out. It was very clean. You if you, if you just watch technically it, you, this movie is yeah. amazing. And Absolutely. and you know Michael Sarah may have done a good number of those. He stunts yeah, because they did, they did yeah. a lot of training. He did yeah. as much as he could. But, you know, but yeah. a lot of what he just did, I'm like, he didn't learn that in three months. Someone they <laughs> yeah. they 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 put someone else in across one of those zooms to, yeah. to get some. They of had those somebody moves. across the the front of the frame and do a wipe. Yeah. Uh, but so the you know this, the Blake Snyder advice is you know a, a story should tell you the right way to solve a problem and the wrong way to solve a problem. So I logically all of these X's should be some kind of a lesson about. How not to be Blake in a relationship. Blake Snyder said that? I don't remember that in his book. In uh, Save the Cat Goes to the Movies. Okay, I didn't see from Ghost of the Movies, aren't you? I didn't see yeah, the, he's, uh, the he's yeah. pulling from somebody else, but I forget who he's pulling from. But you know, log- in that setup, logically, the boyfriends should be, okay, here's how not to be in a relationship with Ramona or anybody else. Here's how not to be a boyfriend or how not to be in love. So, And then you work through each of those bad ways. But we don't we don't right. get that identity of character of, this this evil ex represents this right. aspect it's, it's, of a dysfunctional it's relationship. Never, exactly. It's never clear what that that aspect of it, and there it it's not really an aspect of that. You no, know? it's not. It, it, but you assume, like going into the movie, you assume that that's kind of what right. the story structure should right. be. But it's, it doesn't exist. And if, if it if that had been the case, I think I would have loved it. Because I agree. It's, it's, I agree. That's a brilliant. This is a brilliant. And, and, and that makes the metaphor and, clear. Yeah. It's, it's like it's, okay, this we are using this metaphor for this purpose. Yeah. And that, and then that is why we're using this metaphor. Yeah, but him, but him fighting these seven people doesn't doesn't tell you anything about him, about her, about them, about right. you know, or yeah. about yourself. But it's not cool. to be. But it's you know. really cool to watch. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's fun to watch. But and and by the way, there's a uh, there there is a Scott Pilgrim video game. There is, which is <laughs> there's a shock, which is, but it's terrific. It's terrifically <laughs> fun. Does it look like so a movie? Good. No, no. It's very. Cinematic. It actually looks like Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> Oh, nice. The, the, chat chat room are, the chat room thinks we're overthinking the story. Uh, no, we're not no, overthinking no, the story. We're not overthinking the story. Not we're saying all. there isn't one, and yeah. that's the problem. Th- this movie underthinks the story, and and it would help if it actually did something with yeah. with what it's doing. Because right now, it is as uh, you know, your mileage may vary depending on how old or young you are as to whether or not You're this, into the gimmick. this is enjoyable to yeah. you. But it is just doing. Noise and light at you, as yeah, opposed basically. to as opposed to carnival sh- show, as opposed yeah. to Shaun of the Dead, which I just rewatched recently and was just impressed all over again how amazingly put together that movie. Yeah, is. I mean Shaun and of the Dead Shaun, because Shaun of the Dead is you know there's a, there is a love story at the core of it, and over the course of the events, the guy becomes a worthwhile yeah. boyfriend yeah. and yeah. saves the woman that he he loves, and, and they and end up together, and he becomes a worthwhile friend. Yeah, and, and, you, and, and you totally get it, and the movie the movie supports the story that's being told. And and manages to get all the jokes and the eye candy in as well. And you yeah. know, Shaun of the Dead is both a story and a great zombie parody. Yeah. I mean, literally, Shaun of the Dead. Well, it's not only a great zombie parody; it's just a great zombie, it's a great movie. zombie movie. But yeah. literally, you know, at least some of the posters, the tagline was, "It's a romantic comedy with zombies." With zombies. <laughs> That's that was well, Shaun of the Dead. Which is and exactly one of the things that, is. I, that always impressed me about Edgar Wright. Going back to watching the the behind the scenes on Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, was he will have a. Uh, uh, He'll work out every detail and every plot and every sequence of Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, and he'll have like a win, loser, draw kind of a board. Where he goes, okay, this is these are all the characters, and this is how they relate, and here's the history, and here's how it all, and it's just these incredible, incredibly, and incredibly complex diagrams of how every tiny piece and detail of the movie all fits together. And I noticed that there wasn't anything like that, and and here. and possibly the the 
uh, the issue might be that it's an adaptation. I, yeah. I th- he I think probably he probably went into it and he's like, I'm not gonna because it's I, just I don't is what it work. is. I don't yeah. have to do that work. And the problem is that the source material didn't do that work either. Yeah. So he was just left putting on the screen what he was given. Yeah. Which he did. You know, as well masterfully. As, as, as well I thought as that, that was what was that was something that was really weird about doing Men in Black with Lowell Cunningham, where he's like, "So, what's your relationship with the movie?" He's like, "Oh, the movie's better." Yeah, it's like that's a. I was not expecting that. I don't know <laughs> if you're kidding. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. to say now. And well, that goes to the William Goldman thing of you know when you're adapting, you have to throw yeah. out the book if that's it, what you have to. It do. doesn't matter what the book said; it has to be a movie. It has to be a movie now. I just, I just, I, 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 I get the feeling that Edgar Wright didn't throw out the book to oh, the no. extent that he needed to he do. Didn't th- he didn't to throw make out the book it to make all. an Edgar Wright movie. Yeah. I, well, I, I think it's just it's a matter of shaping. Yeah, he has it's just it a matter in of shaping. Yeah, do those does. relations, you know, and and I think it's a matter of shaping because you could have had all the same fight scenes and all the same things. It's just like if it was just clearer in terms of like, well, wait, what are the stakes? What and what, what? Where are we going with this? And how is it? You know, obviously, there's no there's no easier ticking clock than well. There's going to be seven of them, and you know, we're in number. We've gone through two of them, so there's going to be five more, um, and that's and that's fine. That's all fine. But yeah, it's like it's like. But wait, why is this happening to begin yeah. with? And and what what? It's what it's very much a there. This movie doesn't really tell a story. You know, I mean, we've we've talked. I don't. I actually it's, it's don't. It's the sucker punch of its day. <laughs> well, no, I, I actually don't remember if we've if we've talked. Well, the problem with sucker punch is it doesn't really have a plot either. From what well, I that's heard. what I'm saying. It's but like what what I I get, a, I get the eye candy and the eye yeah, candy here we is go. delicious. Here, here comes the window there guy. it is, hysterical joke. See, like every you know, individual piece is great and you great know. and and uh, well, of course, Bill Pope, but it's very well <laughs> shot. Just just that little shift along yeah. the dolly to be like yeah, and neat. the window, yeah. And that's a that's a hard stunt too. That yeah, guy, that guy nailed that that jump. But anyway, go ahead. You're talking about uh, well, soccer punch. I, 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 well, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember if uh, we've actually talked about this on on the show. But um, to me, there's like a difference between plot and story. It's like define it's, the story. <laughs> Replay and enhance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pan left. Uh, the, the the plot is is Brave the events. Out. You know, of, of of this happens, then this happens, and this happens. The story is. Wh- how that affects the character, what that what that well, right. means to what the character. What is the plot and the story of Jurassic Park? Um, the plot of Jurassic Park is millionaire makes a makes a, a, a theme park island. with dinosaurs come back to life, and then all hell breaks loose. The story of Jurassic Park depends on who you're following. There are multiple stories going on. The story uh, with Alan Grant is learning how to deal with kids, learning how to basically be a person deal with people not just kids but deal with people because he has that problem where he's like i'm a scientist and and the the other people deal with the people they deal with the money people they deal with the crowds generally and stuff like that and and also learn you know but and specifically dealing with kids you know the the overall story for hammond is there there are things that cannot be controlled his idea was control and he never really does and accepting that you can't have control and and you know those are I guess the two main stories. So the plot the of this part. movie is he meets this chick and he has to fight her, fight her exes. Yeah. Exes. The story is I don't know. I don't yeah. know that there is a story here. That's the, the problem. The, the plot is the mechanics of the sequence of events that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And the story is the points or the yeah, premise right. or the theme it, or the yeah. lesson. The story, is yeah. a, the story is the thing that ends with and they lived happily ever yeah. after. Or, or not. The story know. is the story is... Why am I telling yeah. you this story in the first yeah. place? I told what you I, that. What, what so am I would, trying to communicate to you? Yeah, I told you that so you would understand blank. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like this movie. This movie has a very clear plot, and it's 
fun to watch. And, and it's structure. I mean, it's a very simple structure. Yeah. The plot is you fight the first one, then you fight the yeah, second exactly. one. Exactly. It's like okay, um, but it it doesn't have any. It doesn't have anything behind it. It doesn't have yeah. any supporting structure. It doesn't have structure any to... grounding points. Yeah. I, any I mean, meat on the you, bones. Because, it's got a skeleton, yeah. but no meat on because, it. And, because, and it's weird to see a movie with that, but with characters. Well, it doesn't have characters, though, because we don't understand, we've already said, we don't understand anyone's motivation at all. Any of, it's like, what's his motivation? What's her motivation? Good point. You know, it's like they are, they are doing these things. What's her motivation? This this chick who is like they do have know, clear personalities yeah but they're not really characters but it's like what but why is anyone doing any of the things they're doing why why is that happening other than the fact that well she's got blue hair dude so you totally want to sleep with her right yeah okay which that part I totally buy yeah I totally buy that part <laughs> usually uh, I, usually I, I, do, I, do, I do too yeah exactly the but, blue hair uh, is my favorite by and, the way and and I guess you know does that really? does yeah. that does hair dye count as characterization in <laughs> nope. modern movies now the, does the, does the hair dye get you get you past the plinket tests yeah that, that's uh... right. she has blue hair ah but sometimes it's purple ah so there <laughs> you're describing what she looks like you fail <gasps> damn um, now this one here is like okay <laughs> but, but, but this, the, but this the character use... here especially is like now wait what what I don't care yeah. what fantasy universe you right. live in. Why was she with Michael Sarah and still hasn't gotten over him? Yeah. Even when she's with she's with freaking Superman now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah what? What? She's literally with a healthier version of Superman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, here we go. Zarban asks, how is it different from Eternal Sunshine? I was going to say, because we brought up the, make the hair dye Eternal thing. Um, Eternal Sunshine, well, Eternal Sunshine. Sunshine as a story, it absolutely has a story. Yeah. The story is... As dysfunctional and flawed as relationships sometimes are, sometimes you're just supposed to be with someone. Yeah. And, and you just and, have to deal well, with go, it. That's, that, that's, not the, the, that's not the only one. My, my, my other thing, my takeaway from Eternal Sunshine is as dysfunctional and flawed as everyone is, as much as even going into something you may know this is going to end badly, it's still worth it for the good times. Yeah, yeah. And the comparison that's I was gonna that's make, the story I take away from the comparison I was going to make earlier was getting through the human ba- the the baggage of a person. You, you know, yeah. you have to stop being in love with the idea of somebody and fall in love with that person and yeah. take them with the baggage and deal with them on a personal level. Absolutely, and that's that is definitely what Eternal Sunshine is about, and that's what this should be about. But yeah, that's what this has the opportunity to be it, about, it, right? In a lot of ways, and and you know the the hair dye thing is a connection, but they make a point of it in in the movie. Where she changes her hair color and it's like a, a signal of her insecurity and yada yada yeah. and or or it's implied that it is and he's questioning her and she's like how dare you question me I'm not insecure but now I'm insecure that you think I'm insecure and like <laughs> it's just this spiral of fucked upness whereas here she changes her hair and it's like oh that's weird because I don't have control over you I guess or whatever like he he's weirded out to by me, it I, initially I, and, I, and then he's over it and again it, going with the, what the real ending of this was I take it from like you know there she's all all substance. She's, she's all surface and no substance. It's like, oh, now she's a good. I loved her because she had that awesome red hair, but now it's blue. Uh, she, I still love her. Now she, I don't know how to feel. Yeah, she was no. so deep because she dyed her hair weird color. Yeah, but you know, like, well, no, we've we've all thought that in our youth, we've all had that thought about somebody, but. No, in and reality, now, and no. now again, she's doing the same thing. She's her exactly. conclusion yeah. is he likes her for the hair dye, so yeah. she dyes her I'll hair. I'll be that. Now yeah. I'll be like that, and and then. You know, he realizes, wait, that's not it. And you and I both fucked this one up (laughs) (laughs) to to assume that's what I thought that's what it was. And so did you. And so, all right, we'll call that one a wash. Whoever her friend is, by the way. I think it's her sister. supposed to be her sister. sister. That was always my assumption. Okay. I mean, it makes as much sense as anything else. But (laughs) with a very small part, does does very well with it. And I, I, the more, the more. The movie goes on, the more impressed I am with, with Knives, the character and the actress. Yeah. I'm like, damn, she's like, wait a minute. 
You know, she's the only she's got the most arc of any character in the movie. Right. And uh, well, my problem with my problem with knives, because I said I didn't really connect with any of the characters. And someone was like, not even knives. And I was like, well, knives is the most impressive character. But I'm like, why are you doing this? Move on. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, I can I can buy it because she's 17 or whatever sure. it is. Yeah. And that's the way you act at 17. Right. If, if somebody doesn't give you the time of day at 17. They are the most amazing yeah. person of all time. <laughs> that yeah. makes them awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. must know something yeah. I don't. If you're 17, just being 19 is awesome enough to be excited about. That's true. Right. Let alone 22. Yeah. Ooh. I think he's 23. But... No, he says 22 at the oh, beginning. Oh, does he? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> now, I think we're coming up to this is when the third evil ex uh, shows up, right? She, we already mm-hmm. had a teaser. And I have to say, she's my favorite evil ex. Uh, she she cracks me up. Uh, I love the character. No, uh, Superman comes first. Oh yeah. Oh that's right. Superman, and then and then and she, then she comes in later. Okay, because then we have the chick fight. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna see Brandon Routh next because he's in this band that they're here to see. Yeah. Okay. And if you listen to the uh, the first commentary uh, between uh, Edgar Wright, the writer, and then uh, Brian Lee O'Malley, the the guy who wrote the comic in the first place. I think it's very much Edgar Wright got bogged down into the trees versus the forest about the details of he kept pointing out like all the numbers, the instances of numbers of the X's when they pop up in the scenes like uh, Chris Evans car had a number two on it and he's the second evil X and Michael Sarah is zero. So he has a shirt that says zero and it's like all there's a lot of nice little touches like that throughout it. But that was pretty much the only thing he really had to say in the commentary and it's like. I kind of get the feeling you were focusing too much on putting numbers in the background of scenes. On symbolism. On, yeah, yeah. As opposed to figuring out what those symbols were supposed Visual to really gags. stand for. Yeah. Yeah, because just earlier he was walking down the, the street and there were those crossing yeah. X's. And, and there were five of them because the X's are left over and yeah. yada yada. And it's like, that's cool, but... And? Yeah. It's okay. I mean, you know, a lot of, film, it's, a lot well, of filmmakers to, do that. And, it's fine and, to do that, but not at the expense it's like, of... But, we're, but, we're, but that's that's the details. Where's the... Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's fine to do that, but the not mustard. at the... Ex- Where's the steak? Not at the expense <laughs> of the, the actual heft of the story. Yeah. Th- this song is great. Though. I wonder if people are going to think you're weird for putting mustard on steak. I like I like mustard on the side. It's a little dab on the side. Actually, it was referenced to another thing. Someone was talking in some other commentary we did about about the... Uh, Joss Whedon's commentary for uh, out of uh, not out of gas but uh, object in space, space, which is like there, there's a case where I go, okay, well, fortunately, he made a good story, so all that pretentious bullshit he was actually putting into it, I didn't have to know about that. <laughs> you know, that was great. I have I, I kind of lose the respect for that episode. It's like, wow, really? That was the bullshit you were spewing in that movie. It's, fortunately, there's a you know funny story in the operative, and uh, you know there's there's cool stuff going on, so I don't have to know what your weird pretentious oh. director bullshit was. Now I have to hear that. I don't know any of that stuff. I, oh my god. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is. It's a guy who's like, okay, the show's already been canceled. I'm just going to do the most uh, pretentious in my head thing I could possibly have ever. Well, come I, I, I re- but fortunately, really the episode that, itself that, is really good. That was really certainly like that noticeable. Episode. I like that episode too. Like I said, I'm glad that he made a good episode. Right. And the, no, but I, I know, like the, the pretentious I, director bullshit was buried but, under the under but, the episode and not the point of the episode. The, the pretentious bullshit though all came from the bounty hunter. It seemed like so. It was like he would say and do weird things, but I'm like, that's fine. 
because that's who he yeah, is. Yeah, no, it's all about... None of it makes listen, any sense. Listen to that but... commentary, because it's kind of like, dude, seriously? Have yeah. another bong hit, my God. And again, it's like, again, who cares You know what the where these deep motivations are as long as like you put a good thing on the screen. People will take from it whatever they take, not necessarily what you, you know, there's my great thing about... It's all about River's feet and her making contact with things, and it's you know, like, okay, whatever, dude. I just enjoyed the episode, and I'm going to move on now. But you, you go ahead and do what you're doing. Again, I don't care how the, you know... How the art gets made, I just see the end product. So, you know, objects in space work fine, as opposed to this one, where it's kind of like, well, I do. If we hear about all the little extra, look at the little weird little saucy details yeah. I put in there, it's like, well, okay, but the big thing didn't work. So that's kind of the issue. Yeah. It doesn't matter what your thought process was. I watched the movie and I went, huh? I like that he punched it's the my highlights out process. of her I'm hair. the audience. Oh. It's my thought process that matters. I Go. like that he punched the highlights out of Knives' hair. I don't like that the guy told us twice that that's what he did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they actually they reference that in the commentary. They say that's, he did that in the audition. You can see the, the, their uh, casting tapes. He, it wasn't originally that way. Uh. The line was just once, and he did it twice in the audition, and that's what convinced them to cast it him. Is, it is funnier, funny. but I'm like, don't, don't point it out. It's just funny that he did it, and it's, they're splattered all over the wall. Yeah. That's hilarious. And then pointing it out, not quite so much. I like, I like Brandon Routh, but I feel like he's in another movie called um, uh, Dead of Night. Dead of the <laughs> Night. No, uh, Dylan Dog, Dead of the Night. Okay. It's a one long thing. It's a lot of D's. Yeah. And that's that's why that's why I was able to remember it. I'm like, there's a lot of fucking D's in it. What is what it? What's it called? Um, the, the, and the, the, the deputy the tra- dog. Yeah, the the trailer is out, and it it he's doing kind of a Nathan Fillion type of. He's trying to be very wry and cynical and stuff like that. And it's like, he's just such a nice guy, and you can tell, and he can't act past it. Like he's, you can just you can you always kind of see who he is. You know, he's he's the, he he's. About 40% whatever character he's playing, and the 60% is just him doing the same thing kind of in every movie. Just nice guy Brandon. Yeah. It's odd how, you know, movies sometimes, you know, as a person can be in a movie and not leave any kind of impression at all. Like, that guy played Superman in a reboot of Superman that cost $100 bazillion. Oh, that really happened? Yeah, that actually happened. You guys saw that too? I thought I was dreaming. Yeah. Remember that movie that they made a couple years ago that was a big thing? It was a Superman movie? Who remembers that? Nobody. And uh, you know, to the, to the tune that they're doing, rebooting it again. Yeah. It's like, well, you know. Well, okay. If who it remembers? Had, if, it had made a bazillion, well, if it had made a bazillion dollars, they'd still be rebooting Well, of course. It, but it's fair. like, like I said, he was the star. He was the new Superman. He was the new Christopher Reeve. He, was, he, a, he was the part that they got right of anything yeah, in that movie. He, he worked fine right. as Superman. But, you know, again, Superman has to be Superman. And they actually, it was a movie. Movie that did more trying to develop Superman as a character than than most Superman attempts ever have. I actually I actually like Superman Returns yeah. better than the eighties ones. And had some had some, had some the amazing the two thousand and six one. Yeah. But Superman was never my. I had bag, so. I remember watching that movie and thinking, okay, yeah, like uh, I was never like nope nope uh uh-uh, uh or I hate this. It was just sort of like, happening happening yeah, happening yeah. credits and the end. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. Although I have a weird problem with Brandon Routh just because his last name is Routh. And I don't know why. I can't. I, I can't tell if it's because I think it sounds like a dog, or something, or <laughs> yeah, if it sounds like yeah. mouth, which is a weird word. Anyway, Brandon uh, Ruth. It looks like it ought to be Ruth. Yeah, not it that that be would be much better. But. Brandon Ruth. Uh, another odd thing that just kind of unsettling in this movie is th- when they choose and how they choose to do exposition. They have this whole little conversation about the vegan academy and where he gets right. his powers, and it's 
It's like, wait, it's I've just very, been accepting power. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, a very though. half-hearted attempt to ground this metaphor. I think it was a joke. To... I don't think they were it trying is, well, to. Well, it is it a is, joke. But it goes on a little too long it's, to just be a joke. It's also a slight... Well, it's also so slight, soccer punch. It's also slightly important um, in the sense that that's how Scott beats him. He has, to, he okay, has to understand yeah. where he gets his powers from so that we understand how to beat him. So Fair it gives enough. us that, at least. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're right. This movie is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it's the best movie I've ever seen. I'm, I'm seriously afraid this is going to be the last episode because everyone's going to hate us. Yeah. yeah. Gonna the gonna bomb. I'm so surprised that everyone else has generally the same opinion I do because I was like, oh, God, <laughs> this is going to be – they're going to beat me up. Yeah. I, yeah, it's it's it just it, comes, it has its strong points. It, really it comes does. back it to does. what really we does. you know. It comes back to what we you know. If, if there's anything that we have as a brand on down in front, it's kind of like you know, we're it's story, 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 story. God damn it! And it's like <laughs> it doesn't matter what this was based on. It doesn't matter who made it. It doesn't matter who stars in it. It's like is there a story here that's working on film? And that's the problem. God damn that's, it! Tell a story. That's the missing piece of this movie: is a story that you kind of go, "Okay, I get it," and the characters, and you say, "Okay, I get what that character's doing and why they're doing it," and I just, I don't get it. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I think, and I, I thought it was, I, I, I thought it was just going to be me and you, twenty somethings. Yeah. No, no, dude, you totally it was. That was totally a Ocarina of Time reference. You didn't <laughs> get that, you know? And I'm like, I know. And that's the point: is if it's just for people who are going to get the Ocarina of Time reference, then I'm out because I'm not going to be that guy. Kudos to you yeah. for pulling out an Ocarina of Time. I don't reference, even know what though. that. Gotta, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. I have no frame of reference. I, I just, just know, know it's. A thing. I know it's a phrase that you kids know. Yeah. And so there you go, Zelda. If I say Zelda, you guys get all moist. I don't know what it means, but uh, Zelda is something. You know, I never played Zelda as a kid. Uh, I have literally never played Zelda. And my roommate has a Zelda tattoo on her chest. This is more of a, uh, a, you know, in in some ways more of a Mario thing. And the game is River City Rampage or Double Dragon. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. course. What are you you saying words again? Yeah, exactly. I don't know what you're talking about. Just had to establish my cred there. <laughs> I do understand video games. See, even I know what I'm, Double Dragon is. Yeah. I've never without ever touching it, but I understand. By the way, if you're looking for an interesting way to spend an hour, go back into the old pages of the off-topic thread in the forum and find the, our video games art conversation because oh it's God. like it's like it's a devastatingly interesting conversation to read through, and it's like really nitpicking and trying to get at the core of it all. It's really contentious and, and interesting. And for yet, me. N- at no point did anyone manage to define the word art. So that tells you yeah, how far we problem. actually got with where's the story? There's plenty of plot. Where's the story in that thread? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, coming to, up to we got fair, a we cameo just, by Thomas Jane. Yes, Thomas Jane. as the uh, vegan police, with, uh, which is terrifically funny. With yeah. a green light that disables yeah. Superman, which is a nice touch. Yeah, a little. Uh, and the other fellow is is also been in things too. But uh, he t- looks like Hugh Jackman. He's yeah, not. But it's he not. looks like. But him. I watched this whole. What? I watched this he whole. Does not. I watched this whole scene and I, I didn't quite. I couldn't. I couldn't come up with the name Thomas Jane. I was like, who is that guy? That's I know who that is. That's somebody. Guy That's from a guy. This. You're telling me that doesn't look like Hugh Jackman right there. Okay, or at Robert that moment, yes. If, if, if Hugh Jackman and. Robert Downey Jr. No, Rob Schneider had a baby. Yes, yes. That's who it is. I'll see that too. Hugh Schneider. I wasn't going to get that name until he said Robert Downey Jr. Like, Rob, there it is. Yeah. By the way, Rob Schneider, LOL. Remember, that was a thing. For like 10 years, we kept putting him in stuff. They keep doing it. And just no one do. cares anymore. Yeah. Everyone's Everyone's been like, just ignore it and it'll go away. <laughs> talk, talk about having to explain. Yeah, we can't do that for Glenn Beck, but we yeah. can do it for Talk Rob about Schneider. having to explain something. Hey, we did it so far. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Thomas Jane was the one who's like, you want to come in and do a one-day cameo and what's happening? Okay. Uh, <laughs> see, you're the vegan police and there's this guy okay and then you point your i would finger. say yes because i like the joke yeah it's you point your finger at superman it's well yeah either either thomas jane is just 
cool. a good actor and cool and like, all right, I'll do what you say I, and I'll totally play it straight. Or he's like, oh no, I get it, and and <laughs> went with it. Either way, he works. And their their vegan police car <laughs> is like uh, so awesome. Have you guys seen Hung? He has a series on one of the cable show cable channels called Hung. No, I, I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. I remember the Daily Show did a spot on the guy with the longest penis who's trying to be an actor, and he was really, really pissed that he didn't get that role. I'm like, they're like, they, they, don't, they don't show his dick, so it doesn't matter, and you look a little bit like a fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually they're not casting for the dick for a show like that. Right, I know. Because dicks are available. He doesn't know. Something Falcon. He has the gayest name ever. Something, I don't know, whatever. And now he, he's dealing with her baggage more than he ever deals yeah, with her Yeah, this moments. absolutely feels like a scene. moment where, like, I, okay, I'm going to deal with my baggage, and I'm going to deal with my ex's baggage, mm-hmm. and I'm going to deal with the girl I'm into now's baggage. Right. And that's going to teach us something to get us to the next level. Right. But there's nothing actually here. Yeah, because she – does Envy even come back in the no. movie? Isn't she out of the movie She's now? out of the movie now. She's been yeah. defeated, I mean, in, in her yeah, sense. Yeah, but it looks, it looks like – that looks like a setup where she's going to come back and help him at the end. She's going to yeah. come back because she's, she's Han been... Solo thing. Yeah, you're all yeah. clear, kid. There you go. Yeah, yeah. But no. Yeah. Yeah. Screenwriting is easy. Yeah. Set also, up, a Coke Zero up, was that an intentional thing? The they, zero on the Coke. They, they said that you know they get shit for that being a really obvious placement, but it actually wasn't. No. That it is intentional in the sense that he's a zero. He's the zero. So yeah, that's what I was asking. He references it earlier at the party, though. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, Coke Zero is right. Yeah, yeah. But they they say that it wasn't. Uh, All right, now, that wasn't product placement. But that Mary, a lot. Mary yeah. Elizabeth Winstead. I don't like the character Ramona Flowers. I don't like almost anything about her. But the actress and sort of what's behind her eyes when yeah, she's huh. talking. Yeah, I want to see her in a movie. I want to see her in some stuff. She, I just have a. A crush on the actress without liking the character at all. Has she been in anything else? Well, she looks kind of like Chloe. I was going to say. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I opened so, in the room. She is Chloe. Yeah, I mean, let's put she that totally out there. She totally is Chloe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I don't, I don't know what it is, but <laughs> something about her. Just I know really, what movie I wanted to be in. I wanted to be in the movie I'm writing now in which I have a character who's based on Chloe because she <laughs> is the ideal. Other than Chloe herself, who I don't think would be available, that is the actress for the role. I really have put that together. Thank you, guys. Has she been in anything else? Uh, Uh, I was looking her up. Brian, don't you have some sort of a magical device with which you can access all human knowledge? Don't you have a tricorder Um, there? You can look this up. Does it have a webcam on it? I did, but it's only 24th century knowledge. Oh, it is. Speaking of future technology, and while we have, we've kind of, we need to yeah. wait for something else for the movie yeah. to happen. Well, actually, because the no. lesbians are about to show up, and that's but this be great. is actually let, let's be fair. I mean, we've been we've been bitching this whole time. This is actually oh, the that's closest. Right. Uh, live free or die hard. She was Bruce Willis's daughter, and death oh. proof. She was in death proof. Okay, this she is actually the closest okay. we get to them. She does schlocky genre movies: Final Destination Three, Scott Pilgrim, Die Hard, and Death Proof. Oh, nice. and she's gonna she's Mary Todd Lincoln in Abraham Lincoln Vampire. That I, nice. that I can totally. I can see. see that. Yeah, I'm and, in, I'm in line. I'm buying and, my popcorn. And the um the thing, the new the thing. This, there this, was a new the thing. They're, they're making a prequel. Okay, here she is. My, okay, my favorite ex. Okay, what, what I was going to say is we actually just went past the scene where they actually did sort of have them him go. I'm really not sure. I want to deal with your baggage. Yeah, in, yeah. It is literal baggage, and well, it's not literal baggage because they're not luggage, but um, <laughs> it's 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 a very physicalized, personified baggage, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure I want to deal with it. And she's like, fine. That's a good and line. You had a phase? Well, you know, it was a, you had a sexy phase? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like where the, when she was a lesbian, it was sexy. Yeah. You had a sexy phase? The, the lesbian has the best line, too, which was she refers to Ramona as a hasbian, which yeah. is my favorite line. single Did line. Did you just notice that when she, uh, they had switched aspect ratios again, and it was a little, little, a little bit letterboxed, and yeah, her, hand, she reached out of it. her hand broke the frame a little bit? Yeah. That was cool. Jeez. 
I really, I really liked the brutality, even though it was a, a cross cuts. But the, when his head slams into the yeah. the bar, yeah. that's mm. that was a moment that everyone in the audience. It was one of those pain laughs. Like I can't believe yeah. that just fucking yeah. happened, yeah. and you're laughing. <laughs> now this is a, yeah. I, this is a good yeah. scene. This is a fun fight scene. This yeah. is it's a sexy fight scene. It's a, it's a you it's had a, a sexy fight. <laughs> it's a it's a cat yeah. fight, and hey, you know I'll be in my bunk with a know? giant hammer. And uh, you know, Ramon and whatever Whiplash had in Iron Man too. It's an it's an it's nice uh, uh, whip work. And it's Ramon like a chain is throwing down in the chat room. Kyle's like, "Hell yeah, man!" Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally. And at the end, they kiss really slow. What? Uh, yeah. No, she she's doing a really good job because, of course, the the whip is digital. But she's, she's... actually actually she's fl- she's flitting a ribbon. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So they, okay. a lot of times you'll see there's a ribbon, so there is a reference. I was I was gonna say they they they're getting a good motion in the effects, but she's also doing really well in terms of her performance. It's oh yeah, completely. This is a really weird thought. Accurate. Unrelated to Down in Front. Unrelated to anything that happened for the three years prior to Down in Front. Nothing way back. Didn't at one point you rotoscoped whip lightsabers or something like that? Or canes or something? Canes, yes. Not whips. That sucks. I never did whips. Ca- whips did would have sucked worse. Yeah. Well, no, you could do it with stroke, I guess, with a... It whatever. would It anyway. would actually... I, I, if I had to do it now, it would not take me nearly as long as it did <laughs> that back in, in those days. That was like 03. Even longer. Like it was probably times. like 01, 02. Yeah. It's called the 65th sense. It's still up on theforce.net. I never saw that one. I saw most of them though. Yeah. I just never I never wanted to watch that one. But it's a it's a cross between the 6th sense and Star Wars. So Fucking if you want to get into the past, old, go to TFN and yeah. start watching movies because we've seen all that shit. They're all they're all old people and so their lightsabers are canes and they hold the straight end <laughs> so it's the curly end that they're waving around and I had to make that happen. So That sucks. Yeah. It's it's been a, it's been a while. I've I've I'm over it now. <laughs> the scars have healed. Why didn't you just tell them to hold the other end? <laughs> I, I I didn't get involved in that's the well, joke well, after, and that is the gag. Yeah. yeah, that would have made more sense. That's what everyone asked. They're like, why didn't they hold the other end? I'm like, I, pff, you got me, but I got the footage when it was done. No one consulted me. <laughs> Dorkman has the assumed and dubious honor of. Having probably rotoscoped more lightsabers than anyone on the planet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally, individually. Yes. Not not just the the ones you've heard of with his name in them, but he's been rotoscoping sh- lightsaber shit for like fifteen years. Yeah. How, many, how many lightsabers have you rotoscoped? All, All of them. them. There you go. Yeah. I love you guys. <laughs> oh dear, this is quite a scene. <laughs> yeah, and then she explodes. I'll yeah. have what she's having. Yeah, yeah. That is uh, her weakness you know, is the back of her knees. The we coins should, thing, of it. course, of course, is never explained. But that's another straight up video game thing. If you, if like, you get the movie, you get the joke. Yeah, yeah. you kill it. You kill someone, you get coins. That's how it works. And even if you don't, it's just it's a it's a detail that doesn't affect anything to <laughs> yeah. the point where it's like, okay, I'm I'm along for the ride on this. Movie. Yeah, yeah, even oh, it, yeah. It, that's true. Even if you don't, you're like, well, that makes about as much sense as the rest <laughs> yeah, of it. Yeah. So sure, I had the I had the least trouble with that. I had, yeah, I immediately yeah. went like, okay, yeah, I totally get that. When he wins, he gets you know more and more points. It and always he gets the coins, reminds yeah. me of the Patton Oswalt bit. Was like, did you know that if you fight a midget and win, he turns into forty gold coins? Yeah, <laughs> and if you lose, you become a midget. <laughs> you become a midget. <laughs> there was one badass midget. Now look around; they're everywhere. <laughs> I read it in a journal. Don't dispute me. So if you fight a lesbian and lose, what happens? Uh, Brian converts another one. <laughs> hey, I, I converted one once, too. Yeah, yeah. What is it with hasbians? That's a funny line. <laughs> anyway. Well, you know what it is? It's because girls are... Easy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. For the most part, whoa, whoa, are actually here we go. bisexual. Go on. Yeah. I... I think I, I cool think, story, bro. I think most women. <laughs> oh God, we're about to get chasing Amy in one oh. line. Here we go. Yeah, all right. This is where, I, this uh, is where serious, the li- all right, serious not, deep well, dicking Fenifer. This is where the there. and the listeners ran to their computers <laughs> to send us an email. 
That is not how it works at all. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I think, uh, well, I quite frankly, I think most people are. It's just culturally it's more I, acceptable with women. I think, I think that's actually true. Want to make out? Nope. <laughs> culturally. Yeah, culture. Sure? This is culture. It's just the culture, man. It's, it's this is America. If, right. if we were in Europe, totally it'd be all over it. Anyway, I was I was grateful <laughs> to the movie for kind of going. Okay, good. Two X's in one. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Let's move it's this. like with seven. Let's, let's it's move like this you along. get past the fifth sin. You're out hour two. You're like, this is great, but I don't want to do two whole more of these. Thank you for knocking those last two out. With quick, one. quick, quick. Yeah, this is just this is a lot of work. And yeah, she just, she just <laughs> in the chat room. Ewing says in all caps. How dare you make such wide generalizations during a recording of a movie with evil exes? No, it's true. We really crossed a line there. But, you know, there, there was that, that whole scene, you know, awesome wild sexy fight or whatever. Mm. She's fighting one of her exes, so I guess wrestling with her past or something. And then it's like, hey, you want to go? I don't know, because that was weird. I can and see how you, like, you use the word leverage, and that's right. You could leverage this framework. To be a little bit more impacting, yeah, much more impacting. But yeah, because that's the that's the structure inherently built into this setup, this yeah. premise. You have to fight you this girl you want to date. You have to fight her evil exes to you get to, to her. Thing to fight is, her past. To, to prove, to, yeah, yeah. To, you have to fight her past to prove you are you two are good for the future. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing is this this almost seems like nitpicking, but it's not because with the changes that we're talking about, not. That's wishing a, it was. I love that. You, the people right that there. already love this movie would still love it. I think so. Yeah, oh, because they, they love it in the absence of that, and we're okay with the gimmick. We're, we're just saying a little bit more would have. Yeah, yeah. Although I fucking love that guy so much. <laughs> Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> Jason Schwartzman cracks me. Yeah, up, dude. He, he yeah. And he's so parts. fucking funny and we in interviews. Like if you watch him on like Letterman or something, he's like, oh, I don't know. Why? Did you like it? Did you not like it? What Did do you, you mean like when you say we? We, like, sort of, mm, just sort of, in, like, you know the way you think of Tim Burton, like, 1991, where it's just sort of like, I'm an artist, and I'm just this guy. Oh, you actually mean a feat. Kind of twee. Twee. Yeah, twee. Twee. <laughs> twee is the word I was looking for. We was not. Thank you. I forgot the T. Twee. Thank you. I, I wanted to say fey, but I think that's another word. That's a different word. It's it's closer. It's similar, it's, though, right? it's, <laughs> a, it's on that road, yeah. All those little short words mean... Yeah, just sort of arty and quirky. faggy. That's what, that's what we're yeah. trying to say. We're that's, trying to say yeah. it's kind of faggy. Just say it. But, just say it. <laughs> just come Yay. Yeah. But uh, this this is a uh, visually a very cool sequence. Yeah. This yeah. and and fun little bits. You know, the yeah. character animation this, coming up. This was the bit where I was like, if I lived in this world, I'd want to be in a band just to get into these kinds of battles. <laughs> I would go to I would go to this concert. Yeah, I would totally <laughs> exactly. go to this concert. In the chat, and I don't know exactly how this works. Zarban says, but what is Diff actually proposing to change? Which is what we've been talking about. Yeah, we've only been talking about it for 90 which, minutes. Which would be, like Dorkman's word uses perfectly, leveraging the framework of this movie to sort of tell a more impactful story yeah. about the way that the characters are interacting and what the metaphor actually means. Yeah. Not that you have to explain it all. We understand that it's a video game gimmick movie, and that's fine. But you could also be learning about the characters while they're learning about themselves, neither of which really happens. Yeah, I mean, movie. that's yeah, well, it's the same thing. I mean, we... we There's about we, a sentence of detail in every character We can talk movie. about that, but every... Let, let, take a movie. I can't. I, I don't know if I'll be able to think of one off the top of my head, but take a movie that doesn't have crazy magic beans or anything like that. It's like... Every character who comes into another character's life represents something. There is right. a reason that that character is entering screen time because that helps Garden us understand. State, when Harry met Sally. That helps us understand what the movie is trying to tell us. That person either supports or shows why that's the wrong direction Going for, back to for the, this journey. The Blake Snyder. It's like, here's, here's 
the or the wrong way to solve this problem or to learn this lesson, and here's the right way. Right. And so the evil exes. First of all, as the filmmaker, as the artist, you have to decide what what is that thing. What do right. Ramona and Scott need to learn about themselves? What do they need to understand for them or, to be happy in the Scott, future? Like we talked or, about, or, or yeah. just Scott, or whatever. But first, you need to decide that first and foremost, whatever that is, and then produce the situation so at the end they learn the right way to do whatever that is mm-hmm. and then the x's all have to be different facets of the wrong way right whether you, it's whether it's trust communication what lesson is what zarban wants to know that's up to the movie it is I, it i'm is. not i'm not trying to say this is what i want this movie to be about i'm just saying i want this movie to be about something yeah, I wish it was about you something. pick something edgar wright again right. it's like it it's could like, be that he learns that he should have been with the one that was loving him the whole yeah, time he, or, he, yeah. he can he, he could have yeah. learned that she's it, it, just because you like her doesn't mean that you'd yeah. fit learns that he's in love with the idea of being in love as opposed with, to appreciating without, the person in right. front of him blah 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 yeah I mean, there's it, it, there's there's not an infinite number of of probable op- options yeah. for a but setup. Like but because they one. Yeah. because they changed the ending, I, again, I come back to that's what suddenly muddied up the whole theme. Because like, well, now I don't get what it was about. It was like, okay, there's this girl who you inexplicably love, and she inexplicably loves you, and you have to fight her several Alexis, and then you get her. Okay, as you said, that's a plot. It's not a story. It's like, uh, and we learned what from it. He didn't become a fighter. He kicked that guy in the nuts as soon as he showed up. He I always love the way that uh, Eddie. Yeah, very... he didn't learn that. It, that, yeah. that could be another story. Maybe yeah. he has to learn how to how to fight, and that's you know a metaphor for learning how to get over uh, dealing with because because you could or you how could... to fight in, in a relationship and not be a pushover and just you know have a girl walk all over right. you. Right. Or walk away. or if he does end up with Ramona, it's like it's like learning to to fight through the baggage. It's like, if yeah. that person is worth it, you have to learn to get through these yeah. levels and then of you stuff because would... everyone's got it. You're not going to get away from it just right. by, by walking away from and this. It's not going to get better as you get older. Yeah, and then, exactly. and and then he would have, he would have earned it. Then he would have yeah. earned it. But then the, the missing piece is she's, you know, the, the movie that they were making, she wasn't going to be the girl he ended up with. The movie is hinting the whole time. No, you idiot. Look around, look next to you. See the little, see the one next to you. She's the one you yeah. doofus. The whole movie is saying that until the end, when it suddenly stops saying that. Speaking, I mean, we all know the plot. This movie has something. I, well, not really. This, that's an, that's not sure. true. But I was going to say this movie has something in common with the the plot of Karate Kid. It doesn't really. But I always like the way that Eddie described the story of Karate Kid. Right in the beginning of the episode, we did on it. He says, "A sonless father and a fatherless son find themselves in their place in the world vis-a-vis karate." Yeah, there, there you, you go. go. Boom. Yeah, but what exactly? And and what is anyone in this movie really finding? I mean, they they throw out the. Power of love, power of self-respect, but it's like I didn't feel like you were, I didn't. You weren't building to that. I didn't feel the lack of either of those Pilgrim things throughout the pussy. movie. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. and he has no yeah. lack of that. Yeah, exactly. No, that's that's a good point. It's yeah, he he certainly hasn't had any trouble loving a yeah. whole slew of other women, and although although apparently he, uh, to be fair, apparently he has because he hasn't gotten any of that to stick. All right, so apparently he doesn't quite understand the love part, just yeah. the and being it, in a relationship. His problem part. isn't really a self-respect problem. Right. He's 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 a dick to other people, yeah. and okay, he's that's... got plenty of self-respect, just not <laughs> other persons respect. respect. All the wrong yeah. kind. Yeah. Unfounded self-respect. And finally, here's uh, the sort of the end of that because a lot of the what I was just reading to you from the chat was from Zarban. He says uh, there certainly needs to be a little bit more of that in the movie. And then um, the uh, movie. Let's see. What does he say? 
Sorry. I, people keep talking, and it's scrolling the chat down. I'm trying to read it. Stop chatting for a second. Uh, <laughs> Shut up, chat room. But, but they're not here, here we go. That's he says, that's he says, good radio. Zarban says, but Scott is becoming less and less of a douchebag, so he deserves knives by the end. But then he says, but the movie isn't moving toward knives, so that ending won't work. I, well, so I think he's saying the, the, movie, the, the ending the movie has. And the movie presents a goal. Thwarting that goal is a big mistake. It, Again, it, like yeah. I said, it's it's... So I think I think we convinced Sarban. You said earlier on, it's like you, you you arbitrarily changed. Like it's it's it really is spiritually the same as I Am Legend. If you look at I Am Legend, I Am Legend is pointing toward the ending they originally had, and then they don't do that ending, and yeah. you kind of go, wait, what? Huh? Then what the? Why did what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then you go, oh, I see. They were they were the whole time they were they were leading us in that direction, and that this movie is the whole time they're leading you in the direction of knives. You fool, knives is the girl for you. Forget the dream girl; she's just a fantasy. She's not a real person. She's not worth. Yeah, the and fight. as you find out, she's a real person. You find out you don't like that person that much. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's. I think it's a really weird thing. I I I don't know. I, I, they may cover it. I forget. Uh, they may cover it. I think I stopped listening to the commentary <laughs> of this one. There's, like, like, yeah, there's okay. like eight commentaries. There, we there had to are, scroll yeah. down a bunch yeah. of them to find the, the subtitles. You yeah. know, you would hope, you would hope, you would hope that there would be a fight over changing the thing. Because they had to do a reshoot. Like eight months later, they had to reshoot yeah. a knives scene to, to justify her going, oh, okay, no, I'm cool with that, and I'm moving on Yeah, to, yeah no, that totally you makes know, That's sense. a reshoot from like eight months later after principal photography. You know, So there was effort, real effort involved in changing this thing. And I just, you know, was there a was there a it a loud meeting about that? I hope presumably you it? just saw some guy's junk. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, and he apologizes too. <laughs> was there a loud uh, meeting about that, where someone said, "But the whole freaking structure of the movie we made is to set up this one ending," and just because I just, you know, I I don't based, know who fought can we, for what. Can we reshoot? Six scenes. Yeah, okay, we're gonna <laughs> based do... off of, based off of the two commentaries that I listened to yesterday and today, it doesn't sound like it. At least mm. Edgar Wright does not go into that. If if that was the I case, I want. Well, I wonder. I, if... I, well, I can see that because we there's no underlying point or idea behind this, well, so again, I can see if for him reaching that point, going well, it doesn't really well, make much of a difference. Well, again, maybe again, you're was... speaking for a filmmaker you don't know, right? Fair enough, it, but that's uh, my that's my impression. We're saying maybe, we're saying maybe, I maybe, think, I, maybe it was the kind considering of thing... the level of thought that clearly was going into the pointing it to the ending. It was there had to have been a ooh, well, let me think about that mm-hmm. for a minute. But you know, it's like again, well, but but what are the politics? But again, him him coming in, yeah, we don't know the politics. I don't know how I I. I I almost wonder how much he was really invested in Scott Pilgrim. You know, was he a fan and got involved with it, or were they going to make it? And they're like, you know, who'd be good, Edgar Wright. And he came on. And he's like, sure, this sounds like fucking fun, kung fu and video games. Sixty million. I'm going to yeah. buy that house. I got my Ex- eye on. Exactly. So, <laughs> so he comes in, and it's, it's, it's the it, Iron Man two of, of of Edgar Wright's yeah, career. And and I'm going to make some bank. His, I don't care what they make me shoot. His whole thing is. You it's know, the I, Jaws the Revenge. It's like, yeah. you know, did you <laughs> yeah. see Scott Pilgrim? No, but I saw the house it bought, and, and it was nice. lovely. But but to be fair, it may have been the kind of thing where he comes in and he goes, "All right, I don't have much of a stake in this. I like what I'm what I'm seeing and stuff like that, mm. and it's fun. But I'm not the fans. I'm not who's who I'm making this for. So it could literally be the thing he pu- he puts out uh, a, a thing. A number of fans are like, I don't think he he should have got with knives. He's like, well, they. They know this shit better than I do, as far as I'm concerned, right. and and that's why almost he too deferential it. to the. To I got yeah. I gotta say though that potentially, as a, as a person who's made a couple of schlocky movies for for to to order for someone else, 
I gave a damn. I, I couldn't help but give a damn of la- about, oh, but see, no, if I, no, it's, I'm trying to make it not like that. I'm trying to make it less sucky than that. Um, I don't, I don't think I'm going to take it. And I don't know if you're right either, but I'm, you know, I'm going to take a chance. He was invested in the movie. He wanted to make a good movie. His name's on the damn well, of thing. Of course he wanted to make a good you know, movie, but the so question was, like, he, I, he may have been like, I find I'm it, not sure yeah. what I'm, what, if, if they're all saying good is something else, I'm going to go yeah. with that. I had never noticed that line before. The hipster guy said, no, no, the first album was way better than the first album. That's fucking genius. That's <laughs> yeah. the best satire I've seen in this decade. No, no, the first album was way better than the first album. Yeah. That's genius. It's one of those great meaningless things you know, that, you, that you can say. No, it's so fucking perfect. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> the first album is better than the first album. Oh. All right. Well. That no, joke I just, landed. I just, no, yeah. I just, no, no. My I just, I just know a lot of that guy. Ah. That's why I always say the shins are so much better than this, because I know that guy. Mm. Many of that guy. Yeah, and then there's this weird, like, out of nowhere thing about the, the, the chip. mind control chip. Yeah. 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 It's like, does she really need that? Was that, <laughs> was that, was that necessary to the story? In the metaphor that exists. Not the metaphor we suppose, but the one that's here, what does that mean? I have no idea. If, if, I don't it's, know. if it it's in a video it's game a, magic universe, uh, like why couldn't why couldn't it just be the kind of thing where this was? Is it the, like this was? The is it like Donkey Kong running off with the princess? Maybe. May, okay. Maybe if we're going with a if we're going that they were trying to do a metaphor where the X's represent well represent her past and her baggage mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I guess it means he's the X that she can't really get over. He's, and she, he's, she has a line to that effect of like, you know, I just can't help myself. Right. But, know? but, and, and that's it's, literally the case because of this mind control right. chip, right? So they've, they literalized that the way they literalized exactly. all the other stuff. Yeah. But I just, I just don't know if it's necessary. Weirdly, it, I'm like, it's not. Weirdly, I'm like, I would accept it if she just genuinely couldn't get over him yeah. or, or, you know, if she, he was holding her dog hostage or something. Like, you don't have to add that extra almost. It feels like an, another piece of magic, but again, we've got this Wonderland where it's like, well, people turn into coins and you pull a flaming sword out of your chest. So sure, friggin' mind control. Chip, I want to address not? something in the chat room on a William Goldman level. People are saying, guys, it's in the book. Yep, don't care. So? It doesn't yeah. matter. We're not talking about awesome. the movie. We're not talking about the book. We're talking about the story. Yeah. That if means it's wrong in the book, it's wrong in the story. Exactly. The that, means, that means the book doesn't have a good story either. That's well, what that no, means. That's not necessarily the case because a, a movie story is a diff- can be different. A movie story is a, a little more specific. You can do a lot of things in a in a novel and, and certainly in, in a funny paper, or do something in a different way. And you can just yeah. do. I, I mean, th- that's fair. I mean, in a book, you can go. I've uh, I've said it before. It's like a book. You can write as long as you want. You can write a thousand pages, and they can go yeah. on picnics for half the the thing. And you can like, have an internal dialogue with a character where they think about their motivations for yeah. forty seven pages and they explain it, but themselves. In a movie, it's like you got ninety minutes to two hours. Generally, yeah. you got to get that shit out, and there's got to be a point to it that gets on the screen and they your people have to be physically doing something yeah. that is interesting to watch and that you can photograph right and that uh, oh, and that brings up the other point actually when uh, when this movie came out the uh, one of the podcasts i listened to the vfx show was talking about it and uh mike seymour who's like the chillest nicest guy i've never heard him so angry <laughs> and so full of vitriol for for a movie like i don't know what it is about this movie that set him off i genuinely don't like wow. i i i agree with a lot of his criticisms but something about it something about those aspects of it just pushed him like past the boiling point and he was just so furious that this movie existed huh. um and uh but but he was his whole thing he was like all right just not not only just because it was in a book, but it's like just because it was a book doesn't mean it has to be a movie. 
Yeah. You know, it's like I get the part where you want to, you know, do something that's been pre-existing, but he he was he was like raging against Comic Con and stuff like that because he's like, it, it's come to the point where if the comic book exists, it becomes a movie, and it's like, why? There are yeah. bad comics out there. There are there are books things that don't deserve to become movies. Right. And there you are know? comics. There are comics that certainly don't easily lend themselves. It, to yeah, that movies. too. Yeah. The, and so the, you know, I, go, it's a great. It's great as a comic book. It only works as a comic book. I mean, there, yeah. there are certain things. that's like that's great. That's a great song. Yeah, but it's not going to make a great movie. Yeah, that's a great riddle. And that's not, a great knock knock. That's joke. a great and, Disney ride. Let's leave it. That yeah, way. and I'm not saying I necessarily did. You know, a hundred percent agree with him in terms of this movie in particular. It's like, but like on principle. Yeah, but like we've talked about, you know, you that there is a perfectly good movie story. Yeah. It, within this setup, a, if the a book, filmable story of people doing things that can be photographed. Yeah, if the book if the book didn't have it, then you put that in when you make the movie. You yeah. know, it's the same with we just did uh, Children of Men. Movie's way different from the book uh, because the movie the movie has a point. The movie is trying to say something, mm-hmm. so it had to kind of change stuff up. And and also, uh, same guy Quaron uh, did the same with Harry Azkaban. Potter, Azkaban. He his whole thing was this is the story I'm trying to tell. Uh, you know, we've got all the plot things that we have to hit to bridge two and four. Right. So we will do those. Everything else either serves the story that I'm trying to tell or it's not in the movie. It's You understand the central point, the the lesson, the moral, the theme, whatever you want to call it, that you are trying to communicate to the audience. Everything else is expendable or changeable or alterable. Yeah, and I mean, you said you said the thing about William Goldman. There was uh, uh, on John August's uh, uh, blog. He recently did a post. He he put up a post linking to another article that was written by the author of Big Fish, which he adapted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that author was basically saying the 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 little pithy quote is, you know, uh, books are not just adapted; the best ones are adopted. Like you t- hmm. you take them take them on and and make them your own. And you're like, this is the story I'm trying to tell. I'm going to use what I'm going to use the raw material of this book and shuffle it around and tell this story. Yeah. And okay. if and if you're really lucky, the book gives you all of that in the first place. But if it doesn't, it's you like, all right, make it. this is what I want to do. These are the pieces I have to work with. And then I'm going to create my own stuff to, to make, make it all work together and, and feel like a complete piece. And, you know, the, the guy was saying the same as Lowell was and, and uh, otherwise saying the movie works way better than yeah. in, in that format than my book would have. Goldman's rule of thumb is do you have to stay – literally specific to the events of a book when you're adapting it no yeah. do you have to stay do you have to stay true to the intention of yes. those events right yes, yes. which is that's, that's, that's his, same that's way of saying goal. you know do you stay true to the plot or do you stay true to the story exactly exactly yeah. and and that's one of the things i think and and you know uh mike seymour and and i agree with him on this like in in principle uh, as well he he was also saying also, just because it's a comic book, just because it's right in front of you, you don't have to go one-to-one from the page right. to the screen. Yeah, and yeah. and people have got this idea that that's what you do now. And it's like, I think that was one of the... I wasn't on the Watchmen commentary. And I don't hate the Watchmen film, but it's like, if it, it's so focused, again, on the plot, so focused on we have to do this and this and this and this because these are all in the, in the book and people are going to want to see it, that it forgets to really tell uh, its story, especially its emotional I, story. I actually have a, even – what I, re- I recently uh, saw an even stronger example where I thought of literally uh, – this is – wow, this is a great example of this. It's a movie I finally got around to, The Golden Compass. Oh, yeah. Um, which is what, – What's even happening in that yeah, movie? Yeah, well, it's yeah. – Even a, if you've read the well, book, here, you're like, well, here, what? Well, here's the thing, and one of the things – one of the biggest things in a boy, the, the ghost of William Goldman, who's not 
not dead as of this <laughs> thing. The spirit of William Goldman appeared unto me um, and said, see, that's what I'm talking about, is the whole concept of the Golden Compass in that movie. If you've seen that movie, the whole in the book, the idea of the Golden Compass is it's a very specific and rare skill to be able to read the Golden Compass because it doesn't give you concrete information. It speaks to you in sort of allegory, and you have to know how to, how to operate the compass, and you have to know how to interpret what it gives you back. And the movie goes into that in great detail and shows you the compass. But then... It runs into the problem of, but wait, but that means every time she pulls out the compass and uses it, we have to go, I'm going to pick the monkey and the picture of the dog and the fire. And that means the compass is telling me that the baby is headed west with yeah. the dogs. And it's like, oh, my God. And I understand why the screenwriter said, well, we can't do that all the time. So instead, they have the, the center of the compass opens up and you see a fantasy sequence that shows you exactly yeah. what you need to see, which makes so much more sense in a movie. The problem is... Don't bother with the fucking bullshit about yeah. the exterior because you're not even using it. Yeah, don't don't explain don't, don't explain that stuff. It's like you can say yeah. she. It's a very rare skill to be able that to only like, a person, only a certain yeah. person can look into it and see what they right, see, right? And just move on. It's like yeah. they were trying to be they were trying to be faithful to the book in exactly the wrong way. Yeah, because it's like you just gave me an explanation that you're not even going to follow <laughs> yourself. And so it's like I know it's in the book. But you shouldn't have even bothered to use it, yeah. even though it's the, what the book is about. It's okay to change <laughs> right. it because the spirit of what the Golden Compass is, is this one girl is the only one who can interpret the messages the compass is saying. And that's visualize it however you want because that doesn't. That's not doesn't affect the core of the story, right? Although what did affect the core of the story was cutting out the last act of the book. That would be a problem <laughs> in yes, the movie, exactly. Um, but Ian McKellen as a as a polar bear with armor loved it. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> Remember, T, when we tried to watch uh, Golden Compass and we got about 20 minutes Oh, my in? God. We didn't make it 20 minutes. We made it 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. That movie a, was fucking retarded. It's a beautiful movie. It's fantastic. It's By the way, I've seen that happen before. But, uh, a, a skinny girl will call another girl fat if she has big tits. That's adorable. <laughs> I'll be in my bunk. Girls are so funny. Um, so <laughs> I don't like that fat ass. I, I, I do remember. as you are. She has I, big tits. I oh. do remember when watching this, I, uh, I was like, I, I probably would have dialed down the pixelation a little <laughs> it bit. It almost makes you feel like, wait, am I looking at a temp? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, did they not finish these shots? It's, it's, and, uh, it's, it's because my, of it's my understanding, Mike, right, that you're going to do RVD3 with that pixelation? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. You look back at RVD like one, and it almost looks like that. It's so low res. <laughs> it's kind of like it's it's yeah. It's one of those things where you're walking a very fine line as a filmmaker because it's like okay, if the person, if the viewer gets what you're going for, great. But otherwise, you're kind of going, what is wrong with that sword? Yeah, that sword looks wrong to no, me. No, I get, I, I, get I, I love the effect, but I, I can see that point. I, would, I understand what's going on. Obviously, I think if it was I would any say, smaller would, than that, it would actually look like an error. No, I, I, I would say in the street, like the sword is fine the way it is. The way it streaks and turns like everything in the effect range, like behind the streaks, pixelated. I would have dialed that back a bit, okay. probably. Like that's that's the kind of thing, and I'm sure they were u using a more complicated method than this. But you know, that's the kind of thing in After Effects. That's just an adjustment layer. You can dial that down to fifty percent. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, knock it down. So yeah. it looks great on the sword. It's just the streaks, everything, the way they're swinging it around, and stuff like that. And again, really good work. And and it is genuinely the actors. You can tell uh, oh, for yes. a lot of these. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, but but once it once he's really swinging it around and it it covers like the entire screen it's like whoa i don't know what's <laughs> happening at all feels very tron the way they're <laughs> they're 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 lighting up like that yeah but it's probably from some video game 
it's, uh, it's, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ah. Is the one I recognize <laughs> it's it's well, it's very it's a, it's a lot of a it's very common when it, when health gets low in a character start they'll start flashing yeah, red. Yeah. So anyway, so here's here's the you know here's the ending. Yeah. <laughs> here's the real ending. Yeah. You know, being, being oh, set, being we're set really up. good together. Yeah. Yeah. Espe- and yeah. and even which was set up from the very first scene we saw of them. Exactly. Even calls back to their uh, their DDR game. Yeah. Exactly. This was the this was what the movie was gonna be, and mm-hmm. then suddenly someone said, "No, he should be with the hipster chick." But okay. The, okay. But, but my fantasy is to end up with the hipster chick. So that's oh, what, well, that's what okay. should happen. Oh, I wish I'd oh, known that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh. The the effect of him blinking in yeah, and out him of glitching is, is, is sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. It's like yeah, it was the whole. You notice I was like by this point, I was like yeah, fight scene effects, yeah, all really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How much more of this movie is there exactly? Yeah, we're almost done. If it was the original ending, would you have liked it better? It. It would go a long way. It wouldn't take it all away. Yeah, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have completely fixed it, but but it would have been the kind of thing where I didn't walk out going, "Why did I just watch that?" Right. I would have felt like I'd been told a story as opposed to just recounted a plot. And it wouldn't at. have been a very tight story, but it would have been a complete. Story. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. I think actually, yes. I think I would have liked it a lot better with that <laughs> ending. Just, like like Trey keeps saying, just like I am Legend. I see the ending, to, the original ending to I Am Legend. I'm like, that movie's fucking awesome. Yeah. I, that would have been great. Not so what do you I, say to the test audiences that didn't like it? Go to hell. You broke it. My, that's 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 not uncommon with test audiences, but and it's not in indi- yeah. any individual audience. It depends. You can you can it depends on how much they listen. You to can the completely test screw up too. with a test audience. I mean, when I again at the Bake Off is when I first uh, saw someone acknowledge. Yeah, there actually was a different ending to I Am Legend. It was when I Am Legend was in the Bake Off, and the supervisor got up and said, uh, "Yes, we have to give credit to the animation team, especially who had to create a whole new ending thanks to a test audience in Orange County." Mm-hmm. You know, and he said it kind of like, God damn it, <laughs> you know, because he wasn't pleased about it. And so that whole ending with the, with the, you know, the released version of the ending is, was tacked on and they had to really brush it out and crunch it. And, uh, you know, and as someone pointed out, it's like, wow, they tested I Am Legend in Orange County and yeah. changed the movie based off of that. Who did they invite? Um, Phil Tippett actually tells a story about uh, testing Dragon Slayer, uh, not Dragon Heart, but Dragon Slayer way back when, which is still an amazing movie and worth checking out. Go see it. Um, the 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 Go Motion uh, Dragon, uh, Vermithrax Pejorative. It's a great movie and very very interesting uh, things it has to say about politics and religion as well. Um, very worth watching. Um, and they tested it. They had a test audience, and the studio was like, "Oh my god, we have the biggest hit of all time. This is going to be the hugest. Oh my god, this is fantastic." Um, and then of course the movie didn't do that well. Um, and then they found out later that they had packed the test audience with every dragon enthusiast they could get hold of. You know. Uh, <laughs> And it's like, well, of course it tested well with an audience full of dragon fetishists, <laughs> just as uh, William Goldman talks about um, uh, uh, searching for, Bob, for for Bobby Fischer, where they, they tested that in front of audiences who were chess fiends. It was like, well, of course it tested well in front of people who love chess. It, you know, we're talking to the mainstream audience. So it's a question of, yeah, the test audiences. Well, who were those test audiences and what did they say exactly? That, that um, of co- And, of course, there was the uh... – the the whole term, which which I haven't actually heard in a very long time, the the San Fernando Valley ending, is throwing on <laughs> uh, the because of the uh, it, the test audiences in the San Fernando Valley, 
They're the ones they're who the ones were like, who determine how movies end. Well, they were the they were the the gag was that they were the ones who always wanted a happy ending. So any movie mm. that should have like ended on a downer and had like attacked on happy ending, like Brazil and shit like that, yeah. it's like that was that's the San Fernando Valley ending because <laughs> they are the ones who came in those that's, test audiences because that's apparently where test testing happened a lot. But the the thing that still does, I mean, you go out to yeah. uh, Sherman Oaks, yeah. uh, Thousand Oaks. It's but the lot. thing that gives the lie to the to the whole premise is well, so they had test audiences who said no, I want to see her end up with the, the hipster chick and they changed it and the movie still wasn't a hit so right. screw it you right. know it's well, like, the, well the problem was again I, I mean you the the test audiences also there's and, and people are really starting to realize this in the studios but there's like the reality distortion field of Comic Con it's the same thing you oh, were yeah. just talking about. It's like, dude, this movie's going to be huge. We showed it at Comic-Con, and they went apeshit. It's like, yeah. well, of course they did. Yeah. There's yeah. a little bit of selection bias at work here. Yeah, yeah just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Just like, well, on the internet in you general. You know the 215,000 people at Comic-Con? They're the 215,000 people out of the planet that want to see the program. That yeah, pays to see the movie. To see it. They are and it. that's how that and, happens. And, 100% of Comic-Con... A third of one percent of the and world. the internet itself is also a self selection. You know what? Remember the two biggest hits of the past decade: Serenity and Snakes on a Plane. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> they were through the roof, baby. Because you know that internet buzz that translates to box office instantly. So the I, I but buzz is buzz is why Titanic was so big, Trey. Uh, <laughs> we did we listen did, to that commentary for my response to that. We did pass over uh, the Nega Scott gag, which I thought I love the Nega Scott. I gag. love yeah. I love that gag, but at the same time, it, it's. It's a, it's almost a gag. It's it's almost hanging a lantern a and doing bit. a punchline on the fact that they're not really addressing people's baggage. She's like, yeah. I have to face myself, and then there's, there's nothing. There's yeah. no fight, and it's, it's a just... little inside baseball. For I me. did. I was kind of like, I feel like I should be getting something that I'm not hip enough to and, know what they're. Referencing. And also the bit where he's like, he's actually a really nice guy. I'm like, are, is that supposed to imply that Scott is the bad version? <laughs> Scott is the evil or, version, or is the idea that even that Scott is so wonderful that even his bad side right. is not that bad, or what now exactly? So he's a he's a real Mary Sue character. Yeah, yeah right. Can, oh, I'm perfect and everything is awesome. Continue. The answer movie was no. Yeah. I'm so excited that you guys felt sort of the way I felt about this because I was just fucking sure. Like when Twitter was going apeshit for this movie and Ain't It Cool and Chud and all those guys, Drew McWeeny and just like best movie ever. Best movie ever. I'm like, oh, fuck. What's wrong with me? What's it's, wrong with it's, me? It's Transformers with much more wit. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, this movie just, it's weird and it, it's not exactly the the movie that I'm proud to say this about because I wish it was like a, a like a movie that was taking itself a little bit more seriously. But it's like I'm too old for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It happened for the year. first time in my life. I'm too old for this movie. Welcome aboard. And uh, <laughs> I, it's cute and it's got moments and it's got characters and it's got a couple performances that I'm I'm okay watching, especially Wallace. Kieran Culkin destroys this movie as far as I'm concerned, and it has a metric in song. In a good way. And um, I thought it was cute when they used the Universal logo in uh, in full quali- audio quality as a audio stinger in the movie when he was fighting Lucas Lee. I was like, that's yeah, cute. That it's funny because that's such a ubiquitous piece of music that never shows up in movies because it's, oh, it's it's the logo music. That's that's funny. I thought that was cute. And there's a couple of sight gags that I like about it. But for the most part, it just wears me the fuck out. It's an exhausting movie. I couldn't even make it through it last night trying to watch it to refresh. Anyway, that's an unpopular opinion. <laughs> but among this couch. <laughs> not, in this, not in this room. On this couch, it works pretty well. Brian? Uh, I feel like it's the term that comes to mind is superficial superficial depth. It's there's no it it has qualities of it feels like there's something there or that there should be something there, but if you actually examine it, there's right. nothing cohesive actually underneath that. Is it, it a fridge movie? 
Uh, no, because you can't. <laughs> I, you, I didn't you, understand it at the time. Yeah, yeah, you can't apply logic while it's going on, so you can't go back and question the logic yeah. after. Y- the you're fact. not watching it and going, "Oh yeah, that totally makes sense." Wait a Wait second. Wait a second. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it feels in the performance and in moment to moment and scene to scene that there is something going an identity on. and some charm. There's an identity that there is a premise, a theme, a a lesson that the filmmaker is trying to communicate to you, but there really is at the end there isn't. Yeah, Michael. Scott Pilgrim, man, Comic Con. Trey, go first because I've got something I want to say, oh. and it might turn into a rant. All right. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, All right, Trey. Geez, Scott I thought I was going to have Michael's rant time yeah. to to formulate my own thoughts. Oh, um, I can. I okay. No, no, it's all right. I'll 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 get, get ready. Here it comes. I'll hand it. I'll hand it over to you. Um, again, looking at it again, it's like it, as I say quite often, I don't want to fall into the internet trap. Like I didn't like it, and if you like it, you suck. You're perfectly welcome to like Scott Pilgrim. That's fine. You don't have to. You know, justify to me why you like Scott Pilgrim. I don't hate Scott Pilgrim. I just don't think it's as successful as it would have been. I really wanted to like it. My God, I would. You know, I was. I'd given it so much opportunity. Um, but being honest with yourself, being honest with myself, I felt like I felt like. Well, I, I felt the issue was okay. Clearly, there's some kind of global Uber reference here that I'm not getting. I mean, again, if maybe if I had played Ocarina of Time or something, <laughs> I would go. Oh no, it's perfectly obvious. Don't you realize that they were doing a thing that that was that. Um, and I just felt like, okay, there's some cultural touchstone that there's a, there's a cultural Rosetta touchstone that I'm too old to know that would have put this movie in perspective for me and I would have totally gotten it. You know, it's like, I would have gone, oh, okay. Um, I, and I, apparently there's not, or at least if there is, you guys aren't familiar with it either. Um, I just think in the end, it's like, well, it just doesn't. It doesn't come together. Um, the chat clues me into an idea, which is interesting. It's a, it's a well-made movie, but it's not a well-crafted movie. I think that's I, an interesting I, distinction. I have no idea what that. I think it's an exquisite. I think well, it's an exquisitely it's, crafted it's, movie. It's just not a good story. The um, sure. the the issue is again. I, it's really interesting. The most insightful review of Sucker Punch that I've read. This really reminds me of Sucker Punch in that way. Is same initials. Is that uh, is that uh, yeah? Sucker Punch versus the world. Uh, is that they spend too much money on this for what this movie is and for the audience of people who are going to love 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 it. Uh, there weren't sixty million dollars worth of those people uh, in the at the box office. There was about you know thirty million, forty million. This movie made perfect, and I don't understand how they spent sixty million on it. When you know Sucker Punch is a bargain at eighty. If this is this is sixty, and they shot it in Toronto, uh, then my God, you know Sucker Punch is a masterpiece of economy by by comparison. So um, Brian's over here looking at full screen pictures of Mary Elizabeth Winston on his iPad. Yeah, how pretty is that? That's that's the device, but also the picture. yeah. Okay, that. Now, Sixty million is worth that. Okay, I, 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 but uh, in the end, it's like, well, it's there are people who love this movie, and God bless them, and that's fine. Uh, please don't try and convince me why I should have loved it, uh, because we've just spent ninety minutes talking about why we uh, didn't care for it, and I'm not going to change my opinion on that. Um, there's still, I'll watch clips from it at any time though, because they're lovely, especially the lesbian fight. But um, but in the end, it's just it, it's the flaws are not what it was based on. And the flaws are not Michael Sarah. Even the flaws are the story didn't make any sense to me. And, and I'm not alone in that. Darkman. OK, so uh, I mean, we've talked about it. So you already know how I feel about the movie. Um, it, it actually goes goes more <laughs> towards what you were saying about, you know, if you like it, then great. But don't try and convince me. A lot of what happened when Scott Pilgrim bombed, a lot of what I was hearing around the internet that really bugged me was um, 
people going, oh, you know, because it, it was up against the Expendables that weekend, yeah. for one thing. And, you know, the Expendables won the weekend, and Scott Pilgrim didn't do so well. And everyone's like, oh, you know, we should have, the geeks didn't get out and represent. And that pissed me off so much <laughs> because, uh, you know, first of all, the entire idea, and I've, I've taken shots at, you know, Big Bang Theory and stuff like that. The entire, if, if you use the phrase geek culture, you don't understand it. There's no such thing as geek culture. Like, what is this monolithic thing that people talk about? Like, it, do they like Star Trek? No, he does, but yeah. I'm not huge on it. I'm big on video games, but not these guys. Yeah. You know, what is geek culture? All I like Lord of the Rings, the movies, but I don't yeah. like the books. The, the only thing it means, in my opinion, the, but, but there's this idea, again, like the, the weird hot topic thing and the, the thing that <laughs> made me rage against that a little bit on on Nightmare Before Christmas and stuff like that is like oh no I like check the boxes and I wear ironic shirts and I'm like a geek and stuff like that and so this idea that if I'm a geek I should like this better than say The Expendables how dare you try to tell me what yeah. I should like better than anything else Isn't that that's also... what makes me a geek the fact that I don't give a shit what yeah. someone else thinks that I ought to like wasn't Expendables also based on a funny paper I, I don't know I don't know <laughs> but it but it's like it's like you know maybe yes the script yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I mean you know I like video games and comic books are alright although I'm not huge on comic books but it's like you know what I also really like fucking 80s action movies and you put all the stars of them together <laughs> and everything blows up around them yeah. how are you going to tell me that I should watch this movie <laughs> over that one that's none of your business <laughs> what, you know so that was that don't was dictate just, geek to me exactly don't dictate geek if you think you can tell someone what it is to be a geek you don't understand it that's wow. that's my rant. Wow. This has been Down in Front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Get a brand new episode every single week. You can find us on twitter.com slash downinfront, Facebook Down in Front Show. Please rate and review us on iTunes. It's a big deal. It's really helpful for us. And you can go to the downinfront.net, join the forum, involve yourself in the conversation. We have a great community of people going there, and it's growing every day. And at the forum, we announce weekly when we're doing live broadcasts with a chat room so you can participate in the actual show. Those are always at downinfront.net slash live, but the forum tells you when it's happening. So buy uh, this movie from us at the store, and we get a buck. Buy one of our shirts. We get a lot of bucks. And if you don't want to buy either of them, there's a big shiny PayPal button. We're not asking. We're just saying and Matt Feta Beta did the chapter breaks and show notes on iTunes. Holding Hill is on the website and made the Android Marketplace phone app. And we're working on the iPhone app right now. And until next time, my name is Chief Chris. Nice, Scott. This seems nice. And this has been Down in Front. Thank you very much for listening. Good night. Good night. Continue. Ten. Nine. Eight. Where's that quarter? How do I press B? That was you the just press B over and over again. Just count down. God that damn was it. the worst feeling in the world, knowing you had the quarters in your pockets, <laughs> but you just had to get them out in time. Yeah. Uh. And in summary, wah, wah. Trendsinyourhead.com